Welcome to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, so let's go ahead and get to the meat of this conversation. So uh, I think everybody at this point has seen the Grambling video. Uh, if you have not seen the Grambling video, uh, I know Maya's about to go look it up. <laughs> it looked like he was about to look it up on one of your 17 computers. But uh, but on the Grambling video, it's a pan across uh, while they're on the field, and then there's a young man like in the middle of the drill. They're doing a step two drill, obviously. And in that step two drill, he loses his space and literally just walks right off the field. Like he just stops, doesn't try to pick it up, walks off the field right in front of Dr. Roebuck. Uh, and like lit- this is like 50-yard line. Um, so one of the things that, that made me think about, you know, coming up with this conversation uh, was based on the fact that um, we don't know where that young man's headspace was. And one of the things that, that we're doing right now is we're passing it off as comedy, Right but that's one single individual and that one single individual has to look on social media every day and see this particular thing happening to him. And I just remember when I was in band right now, I know that was like a hundred years ago, at least, I mean, it's true regardless of how long matter of fact, 20 years, uh, this is going to be my 20th, 20th year. Uh, this is 20 years that I started at Norfolk state. Good Lord. Anyway, but, um, so, yeah, one of the things that I remember is if we did something like that, I had to I had to hear from the section. I had to hear from the band. I had to hear from the directors and I had to have social media. Then I had to deal with it. My personal self like, dang, I messed up. You know what I'm saying? But now we're dealing in a, with a time where social media is a major thing and we don't think about these kids mental capacity at this point. And a lot of pl- and a lot of times we don't even think about our own mental mental space, let alone somebody else, right? And so that's what made me come up with this conversation and this uh, talk today. So let's get into it. Um, I want to get into the first question. Question we're jumping right off at the top. So here we go. We say they're soft, but is Bandcamp a mental health stressor that we overlook? And I didn't type that correctly. Okay, there we go. Here we go. I'll say it again. We say they're soft. We're talking about the kids now. Because, you know, nowadays we be like, man, them kids soft. They ain't did what we did. Yeah, so that's what I mean by that. We say they're soft, but is Bandcamp a mental health stressor that we overlook? Maya, you got it first. Oh, my gosh. Um. <laughs> so, yes. Yes and yes, right? So I think that there are certain elements where we could say that, oh, these kids are soft could potentially be validated, but that just goes into the generational change and the things that are acceptable versus not in this day and age versus what was quote unquote acceptable, or at least shown to be acceptable when we were in school and even before then. But in terms of band camp being a mental health stressor, absolutely. That's why we always say only the strong make it out of band camp, but that's not to, to say that 
I mean, I don't know. Bandcamp is a, is a, a it's a different type of beast because not only are you there twenty hours out of the day, you know what I'm saying, and that's that's on a possibly good day. Um, but it's just so much that has to come. You have to get one yourself. Don't let you be crabbing or rookie or, or whatever your band calls it. You know what I'm saying? There was, there's, that, there's that sense you're trying to get into a new space. You're trying to appease or, or essentially um, prove yourself as worthy to be in this set organization, a mini organization being your section, and an even bigger organization of being in the band in and of itself. Or even once you cross that path, section leaders, drum majors, all those types of things, that's another quote-unquote section that you have to rise up to. So, yeah, I mean, you're dealing with things mentally, physically. It's absolutely a a stressor that that we don't speak more of, elimination syndrome. Elimination syndrome, imposter syndrome, all of these different things can be taken into effect or are things that we experience or can be experienced that we don't give enough credit to if we really want to break it down. So there's definitely different characteristics and different verticals of it, but I think both sides could quote-unquote be correct. But for the sake of the mental health topic, we push a lot of stuff under the the aspect of, oh, oh, we used to get beat or we used to get hazed or this ain't nothing or what have you when we could really be saying that. I mean, we weren't okay either. If I if I really drilled down to it and really put myself back in the frame of mind of band camp when I was at PV and even before then, even when I was in high school, no, I was not okay. I just didn't know that I was not okay at that point in time. But somebody, it, it didn't matter, right? So that was not a conversation that was normalized. Me not being okay was an issue. Something is wrong with me, not necessarily the capacity of the environment in which I've been placed in and the things that I'm stressed out or am anxious about or having to deal with on a day-to-day basis. In and out of man. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Very good way to start it off, Maya. All right. Deontay, uh, we say they're soft, but is band camp a mental health stressor that we overlook? Um. It's, it's, it's definitely a stressor. Um, and, and the thing, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with the challenges so much. It's just that we never go back to make sure the person's okay after it's begun or after it's, it's happened. Like there, there's no debriefing at the end of band camp or, um, at the end of the season even, cause you think about the people who, who quit along the way, like these could have been, been really, really quality musicians, but because, you know, they got tired of you in their face or they got tired of you, you know, condescending to them or, you know, attacking them all the time, they off their horn now, you know? So who, who does that really benefit? You know, a, a person being soft is really subjective because you got folks. I remember when a dude, I met a guy from, oh, bro, from like the 80s, you know? He said, when you play it, Fred, I say, you know, I'm follow too. You tell me you ain't, do, do y'all cuss on here? Yeah, you got it. Okay, I don't want to, you know, mess up your monetization. No, you good, you good, you good. Um, he told me straight to my face, you ain't shit. And I didn't know how to feel about that. You know, on the one hand, I want to be respectful. But on the other hand, I'm me. So, um, you know, that that's, that whole soft thing is, is really, really subjective. And the world that they live in is not the same world that we lived in. Like like you said, everything is on social media now. You can't live anything down. Any mistake you make is going to be highlighted a thousand times. So it's not like where you could, you know, mess up on the feet. That, that dude probably thought, oh, man, this, this guy caught on somebody's camera. 
I'm going to be on this outlet. You know, my mama going to see this. I'm out here looking like, you know, whatever he was thinking. So, he, you know, I'm, I'm just walk off. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to go find me a spot on the sideline. But, um, no, there are a lot of um, stressors and, and, and things that we, we deal with that we really just really, like you say, we don't, we don't acknowledge it. And that's, that's the main problem. My, you about to say something? I was. No, go ahead. You already know how it is. Y'all go. You <laughs> no, good. Because you, you just brought up a, another idea that I thought about. Because I'm, I'm thinking for a lot of us, art, music is our safe space, right? And so when we put ourselves in these environments where it's like, damn, this is my damn safe space. I don't even feel safe in my own damn safe space. What am I supposed to do? Or what is the point? Or even going so, just like you said, I was, it was like, what you know, you know, basically. And it's like, okay, well, what's the point of me doing it, right? What's the point of me crossing a particular threshold if I'm still not going to be deemed worthy? Or if I'm still going to be, I got to go through all of this. I got, you know, everything that comes with it. It's just like, I just, some people may be like, I just rather not. I just rather not deal with it. Brother walked off, off, the, off, the, uh, off the field. Maybe he just kept on walking. Here goes the horn. You can take this. Here go my beavers. You can take all this shit. Delete all the shit. Cause what? Cause what's the point, right? Because now this thing that happened, it lasted what all of five seconds. But now I'm gonna hear about it for the next five years, fifty years. And what's the point? Can't escape it. Damned if I do. Damned if I don't. And that's tough, especially not knowing. I mean, who knows? Who knows what, like like you said, who knows anybody's safe space? Who knows what was that last tick that could have made somebody just like literally flip or or, or, or go into a different type of mindset? So I, I just hope and I pray that he's okay and he will be okay and he seeks whatever validation and help that he needs um, to, to, to feel like, yes, I, this is, I'm, I can, I can live past this, but everybody doesn't have that. And what about the people that don't have that type of support? What do they do? Yeah. I. Oh, you gonna you got something, Deontay? You good? No, no, go ahead. I was gonna. Um, well, I, I remember in undergrad, right? And I'm and this is gonna lead up to a question, but I remember when undergrad there was a there was my rookie brother. His name was Jose Pamier, and uh, he played guitar. He was he's, and he's a dope guitar player, but it was one day in the middle of band camp. Uh, and it was we were just having a very very you know a, a normal band camp just a lot of stuff going on, and in the middle of that band camp, Mr. Adams comes in. He says, "Everybody be quiet," and then he says, "All right, close your eyes." Then he turns off the light, and in that moment, all we hear is Jose Palmier playing this nice little Spanish ditty on his on his guitar. For us. At that time, that was like super relaxing. It was, it was for us, it was a stress reliever, right? Um, and I know that I guess in that time, I guess they were being a lot more cognizant of, you know, the stress that we had on us. My question is, what does that, what does it look like as a director uh, or a um, sponsor or whatever? to be more mindful of stressors and being able to go back and, and, you know, check on students as they're going through this quote unquote band camp, band camp process. What does that look like? Because I know that during our time, if that had never happened, 
I would have never seen what that looks like in that particular realm, right? Because like you said, Deontay, there was no conversation at the end of, especially, I mean, and everybody's camp, band camp was different. But I know for us, when we got finished with band camp, we went to rookie camp. I mean, we had rookie meetings. And then rookie meetings couldn't last till like 2, 3, 4 in the morning. And they going in on us. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what is that? What would that look like? How would that look like? Especially during our time. What would that look like? Anybody can answer that. I don't, don't matter. That, but it wasn't rhetorical, though. It's very rhetorical. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a balance that I don't think a lot of directors will be able to strike uh, because they got a job to get done. All the while, they want to, you know, I, I often want to do, do directors even keep in mind the numbers they, that they keep in, in, in the program when I, you know, while they go through the process. Like, is that, is that like on their mind at all? Like, you know, I've never been, you know, you, you, you were uh, on that staff. So or on a staff. So, you know, I, I just often wonder that do they even really, you know, are they mindful of what's happening like that? You know what I mean? Um, I can tell you as a director, I know that I've made it my personal mission to be mindful of certain things. Um, but it's just like this duality that you kind of deal with. I know from a second a secondary standpoint here in Texas, and I know uh, Chuck is in here, but I know, I don't know the standards of what it is somewhere else, but I do know the standards of what it is in Texas. And in Texas, you only can practice a certain amount of hours. Uh, and with and, and this is during camp. You you only have a certain amount of hours you can practice. And in those hours, you have to get drill fundamental and you have to get start working on your um, your uh, UIL show like you're able to start working on certain things. Um, and then but then they say every 20 minutes, you're supposed to take a water break like that's that's uh, legal. That's what legally UIL said. So it don't matter specifically whatever you're doing every 20 minutes, you got to stop and take a water break. Um but I don't know. It's it's a it it's it's a duality for me because I know as a director, I know I got work to get done. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't have the time to stop every 20 minutes because you're breaking up focus. But then there's the other half of it where I can look out and I can visually see that these kids are like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say well, they not really dying, but they dying. You know what I'm saying? They mouth dry. They barely can stand up. And that's like, all right, well, we got to get water, you know? So I think there's, is that duality that you kind of play with, um, you know, being at PV during that time, I know that, um, you know, we made it a thing that, that we always took care of the kids and we made sure that the kids were okay. Um, you know, that they <clears throat> had their, necessary waters and breaks and whatever all that but we did work them still you know so i, I don't know i i i as a be quiet man as a, <laughs> i mean we did y'all we I'm, we took care of y'all i said it's using the band when you were there we yeah she was she was there when we got there the latter the latter part of my time you were there two I years while we were there so. you said you were there two years after we got there i cried so I was there two years before too. Exactly, you're right. You you, you did that. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I was long gone about it. Yeah, you yeah you you were done. You were gone. Well, good good job making me feel real old. Appreciate My that. Apologies, I'm so sorry. I mean, I should have made you feel old when I said this is 20 years since I stepped on Norfolk State campus because that means it was 21 for you when you stepped at PV. 
I'm I'm wrapped in the 20 years of SFZ this year. Oh well, see, yeah, then that's about right. Yeah, so that's what that's what that's what my head is right now. So that's the only 20 I'm hearing right now. Okay, I got you. Well, yeah, there you go. By the way, she's your trap trap sorrow if you know that. All right. Um. So. Shame. Yeah, my bad. I, I, I. That's my fault. I didn't do all the introductions and stuff. But uh. Yeah, they'll, yeah, I'll deal with that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, man, I, I I I know that that's kind of what I felt like we did. But I as as a director, sometimes, like I said, it's a duality thing that you just kind of deal with and, and, and kind of fight through. Um, but, you know, I know there's a lot of laws and things like that in place. What you got to say? This is triggering a little bit. Okay. I'm going to say that because I've never I've never been a director of anything. Well, I've never been a director of a dance line or what have you, right? But having been in the leadership seat, now I'm thinking that. So, of course, we can talk about different times or whatever. I know that my crabs or what my team, I caused them some type of stress, right? It's just it's just the nature of the business. Now I'm thinking, damn, well, how much stress could I potentially have caused them? Or did someone feel anxious, right, when we were in practice? Or it makes me think of... Um, you know, when you're in sectionals, right, and, and, and you're tuning or what have you, everyone plays separately, right, by themselves. How much stress does that potentially cause somebody? Because I also know when we started having to do auditions and we would have to go one at a time or two at a time, that would make me very, very anxious, right? But then thinking about it on the opposite side of it, if I were to be someone's director or coordinator or what have you, or let's say whomever is a band director, is that something that goes into the curriculum or is that something that is learned um, as you are going through your education of master, your bachelor's, master's or, or potentially doctorate when you are trying to get to these particular levels, right? So for band directors, are there courses that you have to take that could addition or, or could potentially help you understand how to navigate those spaces for your students is that something that should should be a thing or is it more so going back to the conversation of it just really depends on who you're dealing with those who are really in it for the sense of the children themselves or just really in it to say i'm filling this seat i'm getting paid said dollars or now i get to, to go off of the the name that's already been built for said organization now I just get to wear the big hat on it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my mind is thinking about all these things at all these different angles, and it's, it's a little triggering. So, a little stressful. so you brought up a, a, a whole plethora of things, um, and so I'm going to try to tackle it as, as much as I can, and, and you know, then we'll – like, I know, I'm sorry, y'all. No, no, no. You have these types of conversations. That's exactly my. I have 500 tabs open up in here. Okay. Well, you got 20 screens, so I get it. Uh, 600 tabs on me, <laughs> plus the 500 that's in my head, and the people that's in there talking. Well, we know you got some some people in there talking. Yeah. To you. No, uh, but, you know, it's, but no, I need to go back to therapy. Maybe we need to. Stop. Yeah, probably. Hey. There you go, Deontay. You may have another client. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of things. Um, so one of the first things I will say is, are there classes for that? We take psychology courses, but we don't deal directly. Well, we don't find a way to directly tie that to band. 
So we don't have like band best band practices with dealing with psychology. It's like just general psychology uh, for the most part. Um, we don't have that conversation about, you know, this is what should happen if you're dealing with this in band. Um, and so, yes, I, I do think there are courses that, that should be created for that. Um, as a matter of fact, me and Rick have had that conversation many of times, um, for a lot of years. Um, but it, you know, it just, it just hasn't manifested yet. So, uh, but then the other thing that you said that I thought was very interesting is student leaders, right? Because student leaders can cause more stress than actual directors, right? Because the student leaders can either be one of two things. The student leaders can be a direct reflection of what the band director is. And if the band director is, a, is someone who causes major stress, then they're going to be that same person. Or the student leader can just be an asshole. <laughs> And if that is the case, then that causes more stress on those kids. So you you just opened up a, a, a serious uh, thought there that I didn't I didn't even think about um, at that time. So yeah, you you like yeah yeah that, those, those were a lot of um, interesting takes. Um, one thing I would say is that you know we we have to be careful in as we try to reduce and, and alleviate all stress, some stressors are, some stress is good that when you're in a position where you're pushing yourself and you're challenging yourself and you, you never know how far you could stretch and, 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 you know, and, and go and achieve until you kind of make yourself uncomfortable. Um, like that plan alone. Or like, you, do you think that guy, um, your guitar player, you know, had he not practiced by himself sometimes or auditioned by himself sometimes or been able to play in front of y'all, whether it's like your eyes were closed or not, like at some at some point he had to be able to, you know, kind of stood up a little bit. And I think there has to be a healthy balance. Like if you see somebody that's getting ready to break or getting ready to just, you know, drop tears, then of course you don't continue to push them. It's not the military. But at the same time, you want to allow them to kind of come into their own, their own, you know? Like it, it has to be a healthy balance and it has to be done um with with good intentions because i think about you know professor edwards he was tough he was direct but he was never abusive he was never uh, chastising he let you know what you needed to know and he didn't mince words but you never felt like your best interest was not at the forefront of his mind when he was addressing or dealing with you you know and, and like like you said as a result of that the drum majors they kind of mirrored that you know we had some guys that were a little bit more vocal than others or a little bit more you know, maybe brass, but none of them were like in your face trying to demean you or trying to, you know, kind of like shine, you know, just, no, we, we didn't have that. Um, so I think some of that is good. Like you have, like we, we, that, that, that soft question comes back to, comes back to mind because we don't want to baby people. You don't want to baby people because the winners that they're out there still winning, they train the winners. Like I have a son and my son will not, I, I watch him struggle every day. He likes to crawl up under the table and get up under the chairs, and he will sit there because I let him sit there till he figures it out. Now, when he start crying a little bit or he bumping his head, then I'm moving. But you know, and he want to crawl and keep crawling under there. You keep crawling. Go ahead. You figure how to crawl and, and get through that maze on your own. You know, until you either stop going going under there or get better at getting out. It's gonna be one of the two. So you know, we can't, you know, 
it's not the kind of world. Okay. Uh, Quan, welcome, young brother. What's up, doctor? You, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had open house tonight, so. All right. About two parents showed up. Well, no, you got to, you got you got good kids. So nah, 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 my, my, my parents showed up because yeah. I teach music appreciation too. So yeah, that's about to say you got pretty decent, pretty decent kids and stuff. So they actually probably showed up, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Oh, do you got anything for this past weekend that you saw? We already talked about the LSU Southern thing, but if you want to go back and, and kind of give your little two cents, two cents on that before we move to the next topic, you can, if you don't, you good. Nah, nah, just real quick. Um, I think, you know, people will be mad, but I do feel like LSU won. Um, that's my that's my take on it. Um, I think overall it was great for the state of Louisiana and the city of Baton Rouge. Um, and in regards to uh, the first topic, I agree with uh, Deontay for what he was saying. You have to have a healthy balance. I saw a video with Deion Sanders today that he basically said the same thing. He was like, we're not training dogs, we're training cats and mama's boys. And I think, honestly – Specifically, I'm going to address the, the black community when it comes to black males. We have to be very, very careful because there's a fine dichotomy. And what I mean by that is a lot of uh, in our society, in our culture right now, we have this tug of war between independent women, then uh, the so-called codependency and, you know, all of those aspects amongst um, men and women in our community. But the truth is, we believe that men should be men. We, we believe that um, a man, if he's going to be in a, a husband or raised in a household, well, the truth is there are certain trials and tests that as a husband, as we three, we know that uh, you're going to have to endeavor through, period. And there are some conversations that we have to have amongst us that um, our, our African-American counterparts, they may not understand and that we just have to endeavor through it on our own. Um, and that's just a part of life and part of manhood. Um, and as well as conversations that Maya, uh, we, uh, Maya may have with, um, other uh, women, we would never understand how to be a black woman in America, but that doesn't mean you quit being it. So I think it's a fine line. I think me personally, I think that's why band is so beautiful because it teaches you about life. I do agree that that band camp, band camp really shows you who you are because me, Coming from New Orleans, going to PV, the truth is I hated it. I hated it every day. Every day I hated it. I remember I told my mom, I said, man, I think about coming back to New Orleans. She said, no, you're not. And I'm thankful that my mother was like, nah, you're not. My mama even told me if I have to sleep on your dorm room bed and you sleep on the floor, but you stay in the school. That's what type of mother that I had. So, I mean, I hated the food. They called it gumbo. They had okra and tomatoes in it. I mean, it was horrible. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't accustomed to MSC, but then I got used to it. Like real talk, when they said don't rain on the storm, they really, they it really mean that because we was in the rain marching and run. And you know what I'm saying? You know, and at that time we was, you know, bald headed. So I mean, my mama didn't even know who I was for Labor Day Classic. My mama said, What my child? I had y'all, I was about six shades lighter before I got to Texas, and then I was bald headed. So, I mean, but I bless God for endeavoring through those situations made me the man who I am today. And honestly, when I have tough times, I reflect on that stuff. When I pledge, I could go back and say Invictus in my mind and those different things. So, I mean, at the end of the day, those are the things, honestly, that make you who you are. Tribulation shows character, period. So, and you can't, it's certain things in life you cannot run from. So, that's my take. 
Something about that pledging thing that I don't know, dog. Because <laughs> my that yet? you say what? Has that been a topic yet? Oh yeah, we we talked about that. Uh, yeah, we back around to that one. Yeah. You, well, first of all, you might go watch it, and then if we need to, let me know, then we'll do it. Uh, so you got to go watch that episode. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know what it is about that pledging thing because I do the same thing. You know, what I'm saying I'm I, I'm I'm either doing. Uh, uh, Invictus, or or if something's going down, my wife can't stand it. Sometimes I'll be like, "Fuck it, I pledge." Well, you know what I'm saying? And just be like, I just keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like she can't stand it sometimes. But but you got to do it. What's crazy is every now and then I'll be like, "It hurts my heart. It chills my soul." I like I, I repeat it and I remember. My mind goes back to it to get you through whatever. It's, but it's no different than saying your favorite Bible scripture or your favorite holy text that gets you sure. through a particular situation in life. You know, us as educators, when we're dealing with kids and we're looking at how some of these kids are endeavoring through their own personal situations and you're empathetic towards them, sometimes you have to repeat the same thing. That's why we have band creeds, right? That's why we have band models. It's to strengthen the child for them to repeat it so that they can um, be inspired for whether, whatever their situation is. My kids say, um, damn, I'm drawing a blank. But uh, as a person thinks, so he or she shall become. So I'm going to think great thoughts. I'm going to do great things. I'm going to accomplish everything I set my mind to. I am greatness and greatness is in me. I'm a world changer every day. When they get in trouble, they say it. When they doing workouts, they say it. So now to the point when I ask them, then when they say I can't, like I can't is a curse word in my band. Absolutely. So when they say I, I can't, so now you got to do push up. And they be like, no, I, it's difficult. So now your mindset has changed. So imagine if the whole school and culture and mindset of the world is like, it's not that you can't, it's just difficult at this moment. It's a difference. 100. 100. Hey, look, that word can't, that, that did not fly in my bedroom. I can't, no, no, no. Take that outside. We're going to come back and do it again. But yeah, absolutely. And we and you're right. Them band creeds, shoot, I, I still remember mine. So I ain't going to go through it though because it's pretty long. Okay, I still remember mine too. Yeah. With my high school. Yeah, that was pretty long. And I remember the crab chant. I don't know, Deontay, you remember the crab chant. The crab chant from where? Willerich, see? <laughs> Willerich. 20, 20 something years ago, man. I'm a Come crab on. and I'm proud of it. I learned my music, played my part, studied my chart with all my heart. Yeah, Come on. Heart. Come on, yeah. man. Golly, man. Uh, and I'm younger than you. Come on, man. All right, man. Almost 40, dude. Uh, hey, I still remember it. Shoot. I, Julian, look here by players, my unself and undying lord to the North State University Spartan Legion Band. I still remember all of it. All right, here we go. <laughs> let's, let's keep it moving, man. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Man, y'all go ahead and smash that like, daddy. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the Passion Is Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up on all your podcast network. Just type in Talk That Talk, except for Apple Podcasts, where you can type in Real Talk That Talk. All right, here we go. On to the next question. Do we overlook the fact that online comments can have a major effect on mental health? Um, I can tell you one of the things that made me bring this question up is something that Quan was talking about last week. And I watched a conversation between two alumni and the uh, the oblivious nature of the fact that they didn't recognize that it did uh, it can possibly affect young kids so there's a question on the floor uh Deontay you can start it off bro oh um do we overlook it 
Um, I think I think that we can be as older people, just some real jackasses about it, and not keep in mind that these are kids we're talking about. Like one thing that I, I really love about homecoming is that nobody can hide at homecoming. You know, whatever you were when when you were there, somebody that can verify that. Or whatever you're telling everybody else you were about when you were around or when you were in the band or in the frat, somebody that can verify that and, and say, nah, you wasn't that. You weren't none of that. So you should go have a seat somewhere and drink a coat and chill out. Like, not even no 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 liquor, just just a coat. You know. But I, I, those those message boards have been around for a long time. I remember they were they used to be just just for band people though, I feel like. No, they were predominantly for band people, but now anybody could chime in and say something. It'd be somebody not even in the band. Come on and just say some just some random stuff about somebody you never met. And like that's 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 trash to me. You know, um, especially if you wouldn't that's just that's just trash to me. So yeah, I feel like we we do kind of get carried away with this 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 online stuff, man. It's a different world. Yeah, and and you're right, the the message boards were different back then because you really had to go to it to actually yeah. be a part of it right uh and i and i always bring it up the fifth quarter if you didn't if you didn't even know what the fifth quarter was you just wasn't a part of it it just it just is what it is you just kept going about your day like right. but you're absolutely right it, it it definitely is a little bit more accessible than what it used to be uh, Quan, do we overlook the fact that online comments can have a major effect on mental health? Absolutely. Absolutely. And can I be honest with you? Um, we disregard it because it's so normal. Um, hmm. I just see, uh, Ms. Bundes basically just was going to say what I was about to say is public humiliation. Now it's cool depending on what side of the fence that you fall on, because when you are, uh, you know, being praised is good. You know, mentally, even from a science perspective, endorphins are swimming, right? But when you're being excoriated, that's that's a difference. Like, we're, I know we were talking about the young man that walked off the field for Gremlin. We don't know what the situation, I, I saw some comments that some people said that, well, has he had a tooth knocked out or whatever, and he, he walked off. I saw some an older person that was like, well, he should have just kept marching and, and finished the show. Well, we don't know what tooth he knocked out. And I, I've never blessed God thus far. Knock on wood. I ain't never got a tooth knocked out. And I don't want to. So y'all two are trumpet players. Y'all can tell me if a trumpet mouthpiece hits your tooth and knocked out your adult tooth, I'm going home. Yeah, I'm going home. Else. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to be pissed because I can't play. So I'm coming <laughs> off the field anyway. So, yeah, it's tight. You know what I'm saying? We're going to regroup for tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, Dr. Roebuck. We're we going to have to regroup. But... Like now, and I think Maya said it, like, you know, he's funny, but Brother Akeem, uh, Curtis Akeem, made a whole, you know, uh, you know, skit about it. How many people have reshared it? Like, that's that's the thing. A reshare button is nothing but a click away. That's over 50,000 views that this young man has endeavored through within, in the last 72 hours. You know, I don't know, I, I, the game was Saturday, it was posted Sunday, it's Wednesday. Like, that's how fast we speak about this viral aspect. So, absolutely. Um, and my thing is, even we never even think about from the band director's perspective. Week to week to week to week of being judged. To the point where it's like, certain directors is like, yeah, don't post that. 
like you gotta challenge people and be like, don't post that because the truth is the court of public opinion is allowed. Some people have went back to jail or, or certain cases have been exposed again because of the cry of public um, of, of of social media. Like we have to look at it from a from an aspect of when it comes to these kids being talked about over and over and over, like that does do something to your psyche, bro. Because it, it comes to a point where it's like, bro, I'm just a bandsman. Like you can't even low-key enjoy it anymore. And then to y'all points where you said that people can't even, uh, it's the people that didn't even march or have swag hours, MEAC hours, CIAC hours, the CIAA. And I'm not going to, you know, knock anybody and not knock our viewers, but that's why I respect Brother Scarfinger when he made his comment. But that's why I asked him, like, did you march? And he was like, nah, he couldn't. Not knocking it. But they have a lot of people on a lot of forums who never endeavored through what we just said that, that mental stress of band camp. Don't have no idea, but they're the loudest ones in the room. Mm. And I don't understand it. But mm. guess what? Their voices are the loudest, and it seems like the loudest one on social media is the one that people feel like they're saying the truth. It's crazy how people could get certain tea about band directors and certain programs, but they ain't never march. Or they really have no affiliation with those people. But that's the first narrative that's being pushed out. I just don't get it, bro. I just don't get it. Maya, um, before you go, I, I just want to make sure I say this. And we've said it. I know I've said it before. Rick has said it before. And I know this is a traumatic time in your in your marching marching years. Um, but in 2013, okay. in Shreveport, I will tell you that um, one of the things that myself and Rick talked about, don't, don't go off now, that me and Rick talked about quite extensively was the fact that we understood that after that moment it would affect y'all so you know i i just want you to know that we understood y'all back in the day back during what, what, that time what, what would affect us the the everything the that happened the everything that happened everything the that took place the 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 get up and walk out of the stands with like church pews, all of that. I remember every single one. What? I, I remember oh. that. It's it's yeah. So yeah, it, it it's twenty. It was twenty thirteen Jackson State. Uh, ja I think it was Shreveport. Yeah, it was Shreveport Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, Jackson State Prairie View. Y'all had a rough. Yeah, that was a rough game. It was a rough game. That fail. I mean, it was a rough. Yeah, it was a rough game. So. Yeah, so we we ended up leaving in the fifth while Jackson State was blowing on us, and uh, by far I can tell you the kids was 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 upset, upset, upset is not even the word, but uh, but just know that we 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 thought about you all in those moments because we knew that y'all had to deal with that in social media and all that kind of stuff. But how they come back the next game? Who, PV? Yeah. It was rough. No, no. I don't even remember who we played. How did PV perform the next game? Oh, I don't I don't remember. That part was everything in 2013 it's a blur. after that was, was kind of a blur. That kind of year, yeah, huh? Yeah. Because it, it, you got to remember, it was the rebuild. 2012 was okay. Well, actually, I thought 2012 was pretty decent to be starting off. 2013, we lost a lot. And then that happened. So we lost a little bit more. 
Uh, and then 2014 is kind of when you know it started to pick back up again. So, but yeah, it was it was it was a it was a really rough game that game. But Maya, I just want you to know, we cared about you know everything that had happened with y'all. But anyway, Maya, do we overlook the fact that online comments can have a major effect on mental health? Without talking about 2013, because I covered that. There is a resounding yes, of course. Um, I mean, I have several things to say. We've all hit on one of them being, you know, it's the per- the people who ain't swept downfield and gotten out of swag out when sight, you know what I'm saying, that have the, the, the biggest things to say. And so let me make a sub-bullet of that. I'm also trying to figure out when did that become acceptable because it used to be a time where you couldn't you couldn't be around bad folks talking about bad head shit if you wasn't a verified bear you know if you wasn't a bad you know so and so I'm guessing of course with YouTube and, and and how social media has become so popular that you cannot stop people from saying what it is that they have to say, but for it to start taking over, right, and, and, and for a negative comment or or a particular type of view to start to drown out those who actually know, know what they're talking about or have more substance or more experience in the realm of being, um, when did that happen? But, you know, there's no clear-cut direction, day, time, or whatever, but I'm just thinking about that. Now, also, we say, um, can it have a major effect on mental health? But I think that also goes with who you're dealing with, right? Because if we are thinking about the band heads who are the loudest, those are usually persons that, that were, they may not even be stormed. You know what I'm saying? Like, they may not have even made it through a season. They might have been the worst person on their damn horn. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... Or, or the fact that they were able to march a field show or, or put a band shirt on their back or what have you was the biggest accomplishment that they've ever received in life. So it's the only thing that they have to hold on to. So living out their glory years is the only thing that they can, you know, kind of result back to. But, I mean, overall, yes. Can we can it have a well, – do we overlook the fact that online comments can have a major – yeah, absolutely. But who's going to fix it? What What do we do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what's the solution behind it? It's, it has to be more conversations like this of trying to reinforce that negative energy with positivity and to have the right people in place who are going to vouch for their students or who are going to provide a safe space or a safe environment um, to flourish and be able to nourish those persons who are in these said organizations in this day and age. Somebody said, I feel for the dancers, but if you actually do it for a living, that reminds me. Yeah, that was Phoenicia. Do you have a a segment on the effect, the mental health of... uh, You know what? You can do that tomorrow on your show. Okay, sure, but let's talk about it today. Well, you can can start it, but tomorrow you can continue it on your show. I'm just saying. No, that's fine. Okay, but go ahead. You you can touch it, because I was going to ask you that anyway. What? From what what Phoenicia brought up when she said dancers get drugged through the trenches with hackers that low key want to be fans too. Uh, I mean, it's it, it and it's, it goes a little bit harder than hackers, right? So we joke about it all the time. Um, going to State Fair Classic, you got people screaming your name, people with 
my face on your t-shirt, I don't know you from Baba Tina. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't go to the It happened. It happened. Y'all, y'all. Hey, Maya is not lying. Maya was a fan. She had a whole fan section when we got. We were surprised when we got there. We was like, God dang, why is it? How does everybody know these people? And we thought that they was like people she knew and family. Oh, no, it was tight. It was fans. It was just fans. It what state it was in. And that, that's the weirdest part of it, right? So you get, especially being in auxiliary, because, I mean, how long we, we've come or how far we've come with technology and the pinpointing of the different fan pages, right? Whether you made it, whether you your cousin made it, or whether somebody in Canada, I don't know, this, you know, has, has just made a random page. We're, we're subjected to all these things, right? So, yeah, you the section leader of whatever, it's far less likely that you were going to be literally publicized. Anything that you do is publicized when you're, quote, unquote, the face of the university, right? And so everybody likes to say, okay, the girls are the, the face of the being, like the, the beauty of the brand. Or if you want to say, like, oh, there's no women in the band except for those whom are dancers or what have you, whatever that looks like. There's an, an added layer because now I can't even live my life, right? I feel like walking around on campus. I can't even go to the grocery store or Target without thinking that is there somebody that's watching me? You know what I'm saying? Somebody that has been wanting to get close to me, whether they just actually enjoy me as a person or what they think of who I might be as a person or some type of weird-ass man or woman or whoever who just wants to be able to say that they took they, they see me, you know what I'm saying? And be able to be on the next block. Oh, I just saw my do this and a third. That has happened. I have pe- have had people hack my personal things, which is another reason why I took a big hiatus off of social media because of just p- weird people just trying to be, have some type of leverage or, 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 or be close. And so just thinking like, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even live my life. I can't even be who I want to be because I'm so scared that somebody else is going to take it from me. And I didn't even ask for this. I just want to dance for y'all. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just came to dance for y'all. That's it. <laughs> I just came to dance for y'all. That's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted to put on my little friends. Okay. I just wanted to do a little fall fling. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to cross the road and have a time. Yes, we're talking about two so totally different dances, but you get what I'm saying. I just wanted to have a little fun. Okay. Pull them up on, do a little one, two, and you know. But That's now, I'm, I, I would have never known that. Yeah, oh, it was it was crazy, it was crazy. and it's why, it's worse now. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad I got out when I did because I don't know if I would have made it. In this day and age, as much access as people have, whether warranted, wanted, or not. Listen, Cheryl, please. I so, couldn't be in school right now. So my, you were my my first experience with that whole dancer side, but my second experience, I had a student uh, when I was working in Beaumont. Uh, she was a dancer, and then she ended up becoming um, a doll. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah. Mm-hmm. So she. Micah Pagus. 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 Okay. So the funny thing about it was I was like, okay, you know, it's just Micah. But because I, I know I knew her as a student. I knew when, her when she was like 17. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was just a student. 
but it 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 became really weird when I saw people had fan pages on Instagram of Micah that Micah didn't create. And I was like, yo, like, this is weird. Like, y'all don't, y'all don't even know this girl. Like I, I have a, I knew I had a closer connection with that girl. Cause I watched her go to school. I, I, you know, I took her to performances and blah, blah, blah. blah. Y'all just, and y'all making pages like, and maybe having the inside school. Oh yeah, they have, absolutely. They have the the unseen footage. They have pictures that you haven't even posted yourself that the team pages haven't even posted. And it's like, how the hell did y'all get this shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have people who just want to touch you or just feel close to you, and it's just, I mean, not to mention that's why we have to start thinking about bed security. You know what I'm saying? Because people would try and run up. God, excuse me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you trying to run up on me? Like, excuse me, excuse me. That's why y'all be joking. Like, if I'm coming around, okay, we got to get security. Like, yeah, ha, ha, but I'm still Will they still put the girls in the middle of the, of the uh, in the formation when y'all doing parade parades? Mm, I don't know. No. I, I don't believe so. No. I, I can tell you now. Nah, we used to do that. We used to put them in the middle where you couldn't, you couldn't just get to them. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it seems like it's, it's definitely warranted now because that, that that whole thing sounds real dangerous to me. It's very dangerous. It's 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 very dangerous, and it makes it, it it's it's so bittersweet. It's so because it's like okay, like I think that everyone should be able to have that experience if that's what you want, but there needs to be a lot more of an in-depth conversation of the bad things that come with it and what you have to look for known and unknown. That's wild. Um, and Quan, I, I, were you going to say something? Cause I saw you unmute, but then we started going into what my, I just forgot, but I mean, that's crazy. Like I, I would have never thought that you had, that's deranged, crazy people. You know what I'm saying? But I was just about to just bring up an aspect of like, that's why even from the point of view of, of uh, and I'm not diminishing anything that anyone on the show has went through with that, but imagine like celebrities, why sometimes they crack up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just saw a post um, before I got on the show uh, with uh, Holly, um, uh, Haley, the Little Mermaid, she had over 1.5 million dislikes because of her skin tone because of Little Mermaid. No, nah, because she's black. About, let's just let's just call yeah, it what it is. She's black. Yeah. So 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 think about what she's she is she she's literally opening up an avenue for uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion that we this country says that we want. But once we do that, all of a sudden it's this type of backlash. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, that's, that's crazy to me. And so it's like, for my, like your situation, like you got people making shirts, the young lady got, you know, fan pages and whatnot. Like that's, that's crazy, bro. But social media has gone to a point where it's like, it's giving people anxiety. Like this gives people anxiety. You know what I'm saying? That, and, and then, you know, I don't know, we, we, we can go around and around, but it, it does have a major effect on mental health, you know, that every week, and I, you know, I, I'm going back to think about the band directors every week. Like even we have shows that talks about bands that um, we don't know what they're going through and endeavoring through on a week to week basis, but we're critiquing them hard, criticizing them hard every week. And I know as band directors, I, they have to learn how to let that go because that's your baby. But how do you not take it personal? 
And I'm not going to lie. If you say something about Worthen, man, you might fight me because I know what I'm what I'm going through. It, you know, Worthen trash. Man direct- <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. you no, know nah, but Worthen trash, no. <laughs> you good. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but think about it. Like, when you were the, you know, like when when y'all was hand band directors and section leaders, man, somebody talked about your section that you put that blood, sweat, and tears in, man. That's that's, that's low key, you know, fighting blows. I don't, I don't know, man. We just got to do better. But to my last thing, to Maya's point, I think it's gotten too out of control to honestly turn back because the loud person's voice is will win. It doesn't matter. Like people don't want the truth. People want to be entertained. People are so broken in today's society to where I just want to be entertained. I don't want to deal with my truth. That's why COVID had people tripping because you couldn't run from it. You had to be in your house and face whatever you had to face. That's why divorce skyrocketed because you couldn't go to work. <laughs> you know, that's why, uh, uh, yeah, like, like domestic violence went up because you could not run from your issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you had to sit there and face with your and, and be faced with with who you really are. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Man. I, I think honestly, from the band perspective, we we've gone too far when you have people outside of the community and outside of the relationship and a kinsmanship of marching for a collegiate band could comment on everything and a person accepts it. We've gone too far. That's the, the those those private conversations be, began being had in a public forum, and that welcomes everybody into it. Like though you, the 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 marching storm page or the the, the bros page or whatever page, you handle your in house issues there, you know where everybody responding will have some sort of tact and some sort of boundaries they 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 should not cross. But when you start having those those conversations on you know different forms, but everybody has access to it, that's where it goes wrong. I absolutely agree on that, 100%. Um, and then going back to the the dancers thing, and I, and I think uh, UC Dance put it in there. I didn't know that's why the, the Stingettes started marching in the middle last year um, when, uh, what you call it, was captain. I forgot the girl's name. Brianni. Brianni. <clears throat> well, to be honest, they ha- they have done it in older years. So there are videos from 09 where they did the same thing. Okay. But I think that the prevalence of this thing is, and especially those who are known, especially Brianni being captain, is what kind of heightened it. And the mm-hmm. need, you know, there was, there was much more of a need for it. But they <clears> had it <throat> in older years as well. Yeah, and, and, and then I was going to say, you know, Thank God for the Spartan Guard at Norfolk State because that's literally their job is to protect the band, protect the the dance girls. And we've had that conversation before where them, they don't mind throwing hands with anybody. Uh, so, but, but that's literally their job ultimately is to protect the band. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with all, all of uh, what you all had to say. All right, let's uh, move on to the next topic. Man, we just getting deeper and deeper in these topics. I like it, too. All right, let's go ahead and do it right. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU, band culture, music, music education, and more. Man, y'all go ahead and smash that like, daddy. I think my I think my wife put it in the comment. Uh, we got a lot of viewers in here, little likes. Man, y'all go ahead and get these likes up. Just go ahead and click a like button. It don't take much. It's just one click. Y'all can 
talk pe- bad about people online, you can go ahead and click a like button and just say you like it. All right, here we go. Go ahead and subscribe to the Passion Is Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up tomorrow on all your podcast networks. Just type in Talk That Talk, except for Apple Podcasts. Well, all you got to do is type in Real Talk That Talk. All right. Here is uh, something that I thought about, and I think my mouse is done. But uh, here's something I thought about, and y'all tell me what you think. Uh, Band and school. How did it affect you mentally? Band and school. How did it affect you mentally? Quan, you got it first, bro. So from a high school perspective, I joined band uh, my sophomore year. Uh, For me, mentally, it was a blessing because it gave me an avenue uh, for me to express myself. Um, And honestly, I loved it. Uh, I absolutely love it. Band, in my opinion, saved my life and taught me uh, lessons and precepts that I use to this day. Um, I mean, it was wonderful for me because the truth is when you go through band camp and from at the collegiate level, um, it shows you really who you are. Do you really want, do you really want to get up every morning at four 30, run around yelling around campus, practicing over a hundred hours in a week for a 10 minute show? Do you really, is it, is it really worth that? Is it really uh, worth uh, going through your process of, you know, y'all say rookie camp or a crab camp to, to be a part of this legacy that you saw that you wanted to be a part of since you was in high school. Um, when I first was introduced to the box, it was in 04, listening to the CD until the CD broke. Um, and then I ended up getting another one. <clears throat> and they said, they told me, it was like, don't allow anybody to, you know, listen to the CD. But I burned the CD like 12 times. And I had like six different copies on it. And then I scratch, end up scratching one song. So then I had to play when I wanted to hear one case. I had to take that CD change out and put the other one in to learn the cadences on the CD. So, But it was all worth it, man. I think band, honestly, uh, it shows you your character overall because you're going to be tested. And I agree with Deontay. What he said was certain stresses are good. So you have to show just proof on your instrument on a daily basis, you didn't realize that you can learn two, three shows, 12 band songs in two, three days, and then perform in front of several thousand people, get on the bus, do it again. Like y'all talk about that Dallas trip. You ain't thought you could do that, but you did it. And guess what? You did it three, four years in a row. Y'all didn't think y'all could, you know, was a part of that rebuilding process. You may have have never thought you could rebuild the band program, but y'all did. So, it, like, it shows you your character of what, honestly, you made of. So, I mean, band is truly a blessing. That's why I became a band director. Uh, it saved my life. Uh, I continue to strive to save other kids uh, in urban areas or whatnot, and any kid that walked through my door. I think it's a testimony for me, and it's just my calling. So, I love band. Mentally, it can get taxing, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. And so, you have to look at the uh the cause bigger than the current reward that's in front of you being at Worthing, i mean it was some days i was like yeah bro i quit and then i had to wake myself up the next day and was like all right i quit yesterday but today i'm gonna start over again and you know it's working for me so um <clears throat> before we keep going quan i'm gonna hit you with the smith again 
Smith's again. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Because I know we did it last week. But I want to make sure that I explain the question. I'm talking about. Oh, go ahead. Start, start saying objective first. Well, see, but not. But I thought you understood it, and so I was just like, "I, right, we, we good." And then, but you, but you had such a soliloquy, and I just kind of wanted to let you have it. So you know, I ain't want to jump in and be like, "Hey, no, you, you was, you was in your bag." So I just, I let you pull everything out the bag, and then I'm gonna go back and you know explain the wrong you, bag. <laughs> but it's still a bag. It was a good bag. No, uh, a <laughs> but, but, but no. Um, I just want to make sure I clarify what I'm talking about being in band while being a full-time student at a university. Um, so many times I think that, you know, we, we go through that process, but then we'll see random kid a over here. Who's just a student who was able to get in school and they get to go all the sweet party daddies on, on campus. And, and then we, we sitting on the practice field and everybody else going to the to the party and we like god damn you know what i'm saying and and just all the stressors that come along with being in band as well as being a full-time student knowing that you go on that trip but you got to have that work done when you get back you know what i'm saying so those kind of things like that so yeah you you want to try again you want to go in another bag bag number 2 yeah, yeah go ahead let me go on another one so from that from that point of view it can be very much taxing and honestly, I didn't know what depression was until around like maybe my end of my sophomore year, junior year, like, cause I was a music major. So I was also faced with juries and, and I, and I think my sophomore, uh, I did a Barry exam and I sucked at it. Like I, 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 it was bad. It was bad to where my professor looked at me and was like, uh, boss, um, Let's talk about what's going on in your life right now. <laughs> like, I just had a meltdown. Like, that was Prop Jones, there. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah you start. You started out with Boss, so yeah. Boss. What was that? You know? And I, and I just broke. I broke down because I was like, dog, I'm stressed. Because, I mean, at that time, I think Prop Edge had just passed. Uh, still being a music major. And we're still playing these pieces with his signature on it, but his presence wasn't there. Like, and I, and I think, like I say, many people don't understand that transition. Like I, I hear how everybody from Willow Ridge speaks about Mr. Thornton. Like some people even to this day still get teary, you know, speaking about him because to, to, um, to many of many of you, he he was your father if you didn't have one or a father-like figure, right? That was an influencer. So when a figurehead of that type of caliber passes away from 30 years of establishing this home, and then unfortunately the business of, of being a band director is like, okay, business as usual, but nobody ever processed the kids though. We never had a chance to sit down and be like, well, what about the kids? Because what people don't know is when he passed away for his service, they was like, hey, y'all, go see the body first before we march in. That was the most, we was like, when we saw the hearse, we was like, okay, y'all, it's real now. And so we had to muster up 
enough strength to go view the body first before we actually played and performed. Like when you think about those type of things, it was hard. So we went through some different things at the storm at that particular time, but mentally being a full-time student, making sure that you attend practices consistently because you didn't want to get your uh, scholarship taken away. Um, when it came to the parties, I mean, we went to, a few, I, I'm not a, wasn't a party person like that, but there are certain experiences that I do regret to a degree that I wanted to experience. Like I wish I would have uh, pledged all of the organizations that I wanted to as an undergrad, stuff like that. Um, I mean, I went to the side phone parties, which was, that was the best parties at the time. I, I've experienced the bat cave. So that was the greatest thing, but I never went to nights of Columbus. No, I never went to funny. I never went to the key party. I never went to the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the uh, Omegas had that glow in the dark party. I never went to one of them. Um, you know, I didn't do streaking and stuff like that. I wasn't stupid. I never did cow tipping. Maybe I should have did that. Uh, you know, it's just certain stuff that, <laughs> that, you know, like that people talk about college stuff that I just never did, but I would, I would, I would never, I, I would never take my band experience away because that's my family. And I think if you substituted the parties for the band family, I'm going to pick the band family every day. And I think those are some of the things that honestly, that we had to sacrifice to, to attain what we've attained. The experiences, you know, marching in NRG, marching at Honda, uh, laughing about the good days and bad days, you know, having your relationships in the band, having your breakups in the band, all of those stuff is what make you who you are. So, I mean, it, it can be taxing, but it was worth it. And he still in the other bag too. Very good. See two bags and, and you did a great job on emptying both of them. Uh, and I just want to say that I never experienced the back cave and I wanted to, but I, and I did go to a key party once, but, but I really hate that I did not experience the back cave, man. When I tell you the, the 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 stories that I would hear from you and Mikos and uh, Joe and I just your whole line. <laughs> so so yeah. Uh, but I, I hate that was one experience that I didn't get a, get a chance to get to. I know that has nothing to do was, with this conversation was, at all. But that was, yeah, that was my freshman year. That was my freshman year. It was like, we going to the back cave. And I was like, what's the back cave? Yo, just get in the car, bro. Just get in the car. First pajama party I ever went to was at the back cave. <laughs> Listen, I was hearing about the back cave when I was in Norfolk. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's move it on because don't nobody know what we're talking about except for the people on this panel and probably some PV people in, in the chat. Uh, uh, band and school, how did it affect you mentally? Uh, Maya, you got it. Um, okay, so my answer is going to be different, right? Because I'll say it a million times over. I chose my band. I didn't choose my school, right? I wanted to be FO so bad. I was going, I went to PV because the Black Foxes were at PV, right? I, that's mm -hmm. what I wanted. Now, mind you, PV did make me, right? And I'm not talking about my degree, the experience of PV once I kind of closed my band chapter all the way, um, the lessons and things that I learned at PV as a teaching environment, right? And, and in terms of the people that I experienced being in different organizations, that is what shaped me, 
But like Quan said, I'll never for a second say that I regret being in band or missing out on certain things or what have you, because I honestly didn't care, right? I told y'all before, I didn't go to my first college party until second semester of my sophomore year. I, I didn't really, like, care that much, you know what I'm saying? And when I came into PV, my, my, like, my boyfriend was in the band. So there was, you know, it was just E-Sleep band. And I was okay with that because that was my life. And honestly, if we talk about just mental capacity, me being in school or me being in band, that's the most fulfilled I've felt thus far. Well, newly thus far, right? So reshaping who I am as an adult and finding my new purpose and who I am today, that's, that's a different accomplishment. But up until that point, that's the most confident I have ever been. That's the most powerful I felt that I've ever been. That's the most stable, right? Was me being at PV in that that threshold of being a Fox, those, those three to four, well, I marched four years, but those years, that was me. So mentally, that was the best thing or best placement that I could have been in. School itself, school has always come easy for me. So it wasn't anything of like, oh, I have to study. I, I just, it just naturally came. And like I said, I honestly went to PE for the longest hours of the mindset. I'm just here. I'm just here to dance for y'all. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, just, I'm just here to be a fox, you know? And it was really that transition. It took me a while to figure out to declare my major because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like most people in school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Then I said, okay, I'm going to go into adolescent psychology. So I started, I, I chose psychology as my major, right? But then when I figured out, I don't think I really want to do this and I don't see myself going to get my master's, going to get my doctorate and pursuing this full time. It's just, I just need a, a degree to get out of here. But my winning, my dub is marching. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's really what I'm here for. And that may be the wrong mindset or what have you but that's just my truth or it was my truth at the time so having to balance the two was not too too hard honestly because school naturally came and I mean especially by the time 2012 came and we had fought for scholarships and, and Doc had made it a way to get a, a, a scholarship that was worth something. You know what I'm saying? Like now I, I just got to do what I got to do in school. Yes, I need my degree for when I get out of here and figure out what's going to happen later. But I need my I need my GPA to be up so I can continue to have this damn scholarship and everything else that I want to do. So, right. So it, it was more so band first and then school. But again, I understand that's not everybody's ministry. It doesn't work for everybody. Everybody cannot align, but that was me, right? That says happy. Those are the, some of the happiest days I've ever had in life. So it was a positive effect. Now there were definitely negative sides to it too, right? When I think about the struggle of, especially being an auxiliary, being dance, being a dancer, the way you come in as a freshman is not the way you leave out as a senior, right? You go through that second set of puberty. You know, you start really feeling, you know, like becoming who you are and the stressors that come with that. Okay, now I got to make weight. You know what I'm saying? I got to make sure I'm, I, I make it on the field this season, captain or not. I got to make sure, you know, doing all these different things and that what comes with that or the stresses of life. Okay, well, now I look different in my uniform from 2010 
that I do in 2012, but my body is also different. I'm not the same person. And having to deal with the, 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 the pushback of that, pushback of that, whether it depends on which side of the line you're on. Do you like do you like them a little thick, or, you, or do you think dancers should be standard, slim and trim? That was a mental aspect. I, I was low key depressed about that, but I mean, you wouldn't know it. But those are some of the things that affected me mentally. But then that's why I say my answer is going to be a little bit different because the school part of it was kind of just a plus. Getting my degree was a plus. So basically what you're saying is that your stressors really weren't the duality of band and school. Your stressors were just the things that were happening in band specifically. Honestly, yes. And so sure, there were some times, especially senior paper, um, but I also kind of had it a little bit easy, right? Because when I started working in school, I was basically, I worked in the marketing communications office, right? So I had I had a peculiar peculiar excuse me type of job to be an undergrad. I was basically fully on staff. Some of the projects that I did, the the elevator, right? Things that still are still standing to this day, billboards like big boy shit. I was able to take care of, you know. But that that wasn't there was an added plus, right? So things about work and band, those were my two priorities. That that's really what I was living for and what maintained my positivity or maintain my growth or, or my transition through school. If that answers your question. No, I got it. I got it. All right. Deontay ban in school. How did it affect you mentally? It's something I prioritized how to, uh, show some, some perseverance and some fortitude. Like no matter how tired you think you are, you have things to get done. So get it done. Then go to sleep. Whether it's for an hour or two or it's, not at all. Just just get it done. And I think it, it gave me um, the drive to not acknowledge excuses uh, because there was a bigger goal in mind. Um, and like you said, although, you know, band was, it's supposed to be somewhat of like a, an additive to school or like, a, you know, it, it, it wasn't that for a lot of people that I, I remember lots of band stuff. I can't remember many, many things from class. Um, as far as what might have taken place, you know, not not what I learned, but as far as like, you know, things that stick out in your memory because of you know in class or whatever. But no, I think it um it, it helped me grow up, um and continue to have pride in, you know, what's coming from me, whether in the band room and in the classroom. So that's the way you know that, that <clears throat> the mental aspect of it. I think we we confuse mental mental health with always re- always relating to anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, things like that. But being mentally tough goes much further than that. You know, you got to be mental- mentally tough to be a director like Quan and have, you know, somebody come back and say something that's unfavorable about your product that you have, have worked your ass off for. Yeah. You know, that's, that's being mentally tough. You know, just, it's just, putting yourself out there and allowing yourself to be approached unfavorably without flying off the hand and slapping the shit out of somebody, you know, is another aspect of mental health and, and, and mental stability, you know? Um, but no, if, if to, 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 to bring it back around and not, you know, be too far off topic. Um, 
it just it, it taught me to keep keep my priorities in mind and remember what I was there for, and um, to stay in tune with 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 you know just just the bigger picture. Do you think, and this is this is for everybody? Um, do you think the the young people now navigate those two things well? Um, and I'm and I'm asking that question really from a, I guess a, a, a educator's perspective, because I, I feel like things that we wouldn't complain about, I guess it seems to be more complaints about if that makes any sense. Like what? Um, so something like simple as I can't come to band practice because I have homework, you know, but things like that, especially in, in, in band rooms nowadays kind of runs rampant. Um, or I'm failing a class because of band. You know, those things happen quite often. So do you all feel that that young folks are navigating these things well nowadays? Go ahead, Quan. So so being a high school band director, I, I deal with that now. But some of the issues is that now, and I guess our age uh, would be considered the parents to a degree. Um, most of them are, allow them and allot them that excuse. Well, because we always got to blame something, right? So I'm a blame band. So we think I'm going to take this away from you. I'm going to make everything your burdens light. Nah, it's not. So you have to create systems because you choose, you chose it. Prime example, I had a student came in today. Uh, he's a sophomore. Um, he didn't sign up for band. But uh, he was dumped in band class, and I asked him, hey, do you want to stay in band or you want to get out? He said, well, you know what, mister? I'm a learning instrument. Uh -huh. I said, okay, cool. I said, you don't want this change schedule for him? He said, no, sir. So now it's too late to change class. Now I'm holding him accountable because the perception of band, uh, what he had in middle school was, bro, we just sit here and watch movies every now and then. Nah, bro, grab this tuba mouthpiece, and I need you to start buzzing. He like, you mean I got to come to school, like after school, like every day? Yeah. And with Mr., you know, I got to uh, I gotta do such and such. Didn't you sign up for band? Didn't you, when I gave you the option, you said yes. So I'm holding you accountable. So I think it's a difference with this generation with, first of all, accountability. And at the end of the day, you were a student first. So go to tutoring. But after you finish tutoring, you still have band practice and you're still going to be held accountable for your music and you're still going to be held accountable to make sure your grades right. Because I think that we've gone afar in education and justified everything from a social and emotional aspect. Certain things are warranted, granted, but certain things we're taught, we just being like soft ass teachers and parents. And honestly, we became soft as teachers and parents because we don't want to lose our our checks that come twice a month. But the truth is, we are rearing a generation of weak ass people. I agree. So that's just the bottom line of what it is. Like, think about the things we endeavor through on a daily basis, just bills. Like I was talking to uh, somebody the other day and I was like, man, do you remember when the only responsibility that you had was, Mama, can I go outside? 
now you got to worry about kids, bills, gas going up, light bill, gas bill, mortgage. Did they forgive my student loans? All of this sudden, all of this with a straight face. If you're married, you know, you got to take them hats off, be a husband, be a wife, you know, be, you got to be the cook today. Then you got to be the counselor to the kids you have, and then keep your mental health intact as well. So if we're not training them in this way for some of the things that they're going to endeavor through, then that's why, honestly, they want to quit everything. Some of these kids only want the option to quit. And when you can't give it to them, that's when they fold. Hmm. So real talk, that's us. That's us. That's school. Now you get a participation trophy? What happens to real talk you just wasn't good today? Go back, bro. Go back. When I left Louisiana, I was the section leader. When I got to the box, I never even touched the snare drum. They had me playing sequence on the chair. And then I had to make an executive decision because we had 45 snare crabs that year. I was like, okay, let's do the math. It's eight old heads. It's 10 drums. I'm going to go play bass, y'all. And that was okay. I didn't get a participation trophy to be in a box. No, I earned my position. And nobody wants to earn nothing because we're taking it away from them. So the first question that we had earlier was, are we, um, in regards to that healthy stress, we're not putting them in true competitive situation for them to flourish. We're making it easy for them. I don't want to cut nobody off, but I totally agree with that. Uh, that, that fun, fair soccer thing, that whole idea that everybody wins, that's when kids start getting solved. And she, and she was a, a white educator that created that concept that everybody deserves a sticker. The truth is everybody don't deserve a sticker. Nah, they don't. <laughs> they don't. These kids, these kids are af- afraid to fail. So they fail to try. Man. Chris used to say That's that. Simple. My bad. That was random. Who? Chris, man. Good. Good Lord. Baldwin? Yes. No, that's not me, baby. I made that up. Man, he he said that to me. Oh, he y'all probably you probably said it to him when y'all online or something. I don't know, but he said it to me in two thousand and two. I think it was two thousand two. I'm man. about to call Chris on that one. I'm stealing my stuff. What's, what's the saying though? Better to try and fail to fail to try. You know, you're afraid to fail, so you fail, fail to, to try. try. Yeah. Yeah. Next these kids today, they they just don't want. They don't. That's why. They, that's why they love to say, "I don't care so much." Mm. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Yes, you do. You just don't want somebody to hold you accountable for it. Well, I don't care. I don't care. No, you you care. You don't don't. And let me tell you something, man. Being a therapist and working with the kids that I work, the young people that I work with, it's not getting any better anytime soon. Mm. I can tell you that from 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 an honest place, it's not it's not getting better. So you and and just just asking about your perspe- your per- profession specifically. So you see this directly on a normal basis, and and so you're you experience what the educators are experiencing in some type of way. It's I'd, I'd say about maybe ten about ten years ago, I, I came to a principal and I asked her, you know, what you thought about bringing on licensed counselors onto your campus to help y'all deal with some of the issues y'all dealing with. She was totally against it. And I think that was, uh, back then, that was kind of the the consensus 
among educators. They didn't want licensed therapists on the campus. They wanted the school counselor there. But like, no, you 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 might be saying that of, of how people, of how y'all feel now. But back then, they didn't want us on the campuses. But now, all they all they do is call us in for everything. Well, I I, I will say this: it, it may have been an administrator. What is it, administrators, or was it the 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 educators in the classroom? The administrators. Okay, well there we go. That was, makes sense. That makes sense. Because the I teachers be like, "Yo, this kid, this kid needs some real like counseling, like." Yeah. So okay, but go Even ahead, bro. Now, most most of these uh, positions on these on these campuses want you to have two or three years of teaching experience before you can apply to be, you know. But but no, you don't need another teacher. You need a counselor. You need a therapist. You need a licensed professional, tried and true, inpatient, that's been on a unit type of therapist. Not somebody that's been making schedules. It's not the same thing. Like they 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 uh like they counselor certification ain't the same thing as my uh my LPC and my 12 years of experience. We ain't the same. So with these kids coming up, man, they, um, they, they're different. They're different in a lot of ways. The, the, the typical means of motivation doesn't work with them. Like it's to challenge them to, to do better or to, you know, kind of like even hype them up. They don't really, they don't really speak to them. It don't. And and, and it's, it, it leaves me in a position like, like, what what can I do to make you understand you went on the wrong road? And so why I got why I got to talk to you every week? Well, listen, if you weren't doing the things you were doing in class, remember when you walked out yesterday? You walked out slamming the door at your teacher and threw that chair. That's why we're talking right now. If you don't do that, you playing your video game right now instead of talking to me. Is that resonating? It still doesn't. Because they still blaming some, they, 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 their caregiver for putting them into therapy. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just. So, and, and, and even to add to that, here's the thing, because this is what I see. Due to the some of the trauma that some of these kids endeavor through on a daily basis, they need therapy just for that. It's like some of, some of the situations, y'all, that, that I've seen and witnessed or you know, these kids have spoke about, it's hard. I, I'm going to just be real. Education, honestly, is failing our kids, bottom line, overall. Like, just like just call it what it is. That we're, like, we're failing. I agree. And it's a few of us that are trying, honestly, through our various contents, are trying to save as many as we can. Again, my analogy when I talk to people is we're like, underground railroad conductors. Hey, do you want to get to freedom? Okay, this is what I need you to do. Because freedom comes through exposure and education. So with that being said, I got to educate you that, hey, there's a bigger world out here than just this neighborhood. So what I need you to do is, hey, play this horn. Just play it for three years, but go off to school so that you can see and experience different cultures and experience different people and realize that you're not the most important person in the world that they have other people around you that can grow you and make you a better person and individual. But the problem is with the trauma that they deal with and, and we're so focused on data and scores and standardized testing and all of that stuff, we can't even teach kids to critical think. So they can't even discern real talk what's best and what's not. I'm, I, I, I got, why did you even have a fight with this person? Well, because they stepped on my shoe. Yeah, but honestly, when you're grown and a person steps on your shoe and then they might kill you, now the decision is over. You can't even, like you have a lack of discernment 
because you're just so angry about what happened to you. But you can't talk to the counselor, unfortunately, because she's worrying about the uh, master schedule. She's worried about testing. She's wor- like she's worried about other stuff. It's not fair to the kids. So we truly have kids raising kids, and a lot of times uh, they may be being reared by their grandmother. Let's not speak about if the area is uh, exposed to drugs or whatnot. That's just something else. And I know everybody doesn't come from that because you have the adverse effect. I've also known teachers that they teach in affluent areas that they have the pressure of being great. We don't know that. We don't speak about that either. What about those nationalities that come from overseas, those Middle Easterns, those of uh, the Indian, the the, uh, the Nigerians that have the pressure of being specific professions and their family sometimes excoriate them because they had a beat That's or make them sleep thing. outside or make them sleep outside. Or what if they want to go in education, but they say, no, you only could be a doctor, or engineer or a lawyer. And then they decided to do something else and their family just owned them. Like we don't speak about all of the things because we're not teaching. We're not, we're not teaching children holistically. We're teaching them for a test. That's why they're great test takers, but they can't think we're the damn. Amen. That's what we're dealing with. Okay. Uh, I, I I know what she's going to say. Ma, you got something to add to that? What I'm supposed to say? There we go. That's what I was waiting What am I supposed to say after that? I had to grab my emotional support animal. What am I supposed to say? No. And that's, the, and that's, a, that's another thing. Emotional support no, I'm not knocking him. I'm not knocking him because you're really using it for what's right. But I had I had a situation where a young man had a emotional support dog, but you was abusing a dog. That ain't what it's for. Oh, yeah, I just came to dance. I just came to dance. Like for real, like man, like dance, like, like, like 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 we have to start thinking like. It's like we're 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 making everything, Yo, we're pacifying everything instead of getting to the root. When you really want to be healed, you have to do the work. You have to go to therapy. You have to say, "This is my issue. This is my problem. I want to fix this." Let, let me tell you what else I see. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much more time on this. I'm ready to move on. I just came. Um, I just came. These kids. Not muted. Keep trying to edit that clip, and it's not muted. We can hear you if you didn't. Um, My bad. These kids have their issues, right? A lot of their issues also stem from their their parents, their parents and their issues. The parents or the school will refer the child to counseling, but the parent doesn't get counseling. So whatever the child was dealing with while they're going through counseling, when they come back home, is being undone by that parent. Having never dealt with their trauma, their issues. Okay. You have certain districts, I know several of them here in Houston, several schools here in Houston that constantly refer kids into therapy. They have agencies that come into the school and they do case management and skill building with them. I never see any, any, I never see some of these case managers going into other districts and other schools. It's only certain, only, only a certain, like the Aldeans and the, HISDs, we have a, a big presence of, Yo, of uh, what they call QMHPs or case managers in these schools, but not so much in the other ones. And what happens when they refer to these agencies, they get skill building, skill building, um, skill building, and they also get referred to a psychiatrist where they put on medication. So now that medication is part of that child's 504 plan or a part of 
whatever they have as an agreement with that school. So instead of learning how to work through these traumas, to work through their issues, to work through their anger management issues, they're medicated. So once they get to the to the point where they ain't got to take these medications anymore, that training wheel is taken off. Came to dance. So when they get out into the real world, and something and something angers them or something stresses them out, and they react without that chemical training wheel. I just came. You can imagine what the result is. So that 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 pipeline the prison thing, it's grown it's grown legs and it's grown arms and it's grown trees and everything. It, it, it's it's sprouted out in a lot of different directions, all headed to the same place. If that makes sense. So that's another thing that I see, and that's another thing that makes it difficult to be a black man in this field and to see how things are really taking shape. Dance, y'all. Like, that's nothing is happening by chance. It's all by design. There's no, there's no, you know, coincidence that as soon as they cut the funding to extracurricular activities and things like that, you saw more prisons being built. It's all by design. You see what I'm saying? So without going too far into that, I'm gonna just I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite my tongue. But that's 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 what's happening out here in these these H town streets. Facts. And uh, I and I, and I wanted to say this, um, because well, I don't want to go back on it, because uh, you said something that that kind of brought up, but I'm not gonna go back on it. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move forward, man. Um. I mean, Deontay, you really could have won your bag. I would have let you rock, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> let's I don't want to be on the, the long winded guest. Don't get invited back. I don't want to be that guy. Oh no, we, we've had we've had worse. So, <laughs> so you good? It don't matter. It don't matter, man. Everybody's family when they come through here. All right, man. Let's uh, get ready to get to the last topic. Uh, but first, let's do it the right way. Welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Man, y'all go ahead and smash that like daddy for this episode, man. It's definitely this episode is definitely needed. So I think it's necessary. So make sure you share it out to all your people and smash that like daddy and tell them to smash that like daddy when they come through. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Passion Is Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up on all your podcast networks tomorrow. Just type in Real Talk That Talk. Oh, excuse me. Type in Talk That Talk, except for on Apple Podcasts, where you can just type in Real Talk That Talk. This is also the last topic. Uh, I know somebody was, I saw somebody was waiting around earlier, so I'm going to put the link inside of the chat so that you guys can come in and talk that talk with us. All right, here we go. Last topic. This topic came from something that we discussed before me and Maya on an episode, and I want to make sure I bring it up because it is so real. Um, and and we can we can kind of go back and forth about it in a different in a, in a multitude of ways. Postgraduate depression. Postgraduate depression. We all know it's real, and we can we can talk about it and dive into it specifically. But because we all want to, we always want to tie, or excuse me, during for this, we want to tie it to ban. But does ban help contribute to that? Um, and and just the thought process that I came from it with that was, um, we all know that that college in itself can be a, a, a safe haven in some type in, in some type of ways. But I think ban, in my personal opinion, can can also add double to that because when you come 
when you get there, you got the scholarship ready. And in most cases, your dorm is going to be taken care of because you're getting there early. So you already know where your dorm is going to be. You know, you're going on these trips. And when you take the trips, you already got your bread in place. Well, we used to get the stipend daddies back then. Uh, but even even still, you are already fed. And, you know, it's just so many different things. So uh, postgraduate depression, uh, does Ban contribute to that? Uh, we're going to get Deontay to start this one first. And we're going to bring our sister in. She's late, but it's all right because we still love her anyway. And I know she's going to get some dope, dope, dope info in here while she's smiling. Hey, Portia, how you doing, baby? All right, here we go. So, uh, Deontay, go ahead and start that off. Postgraduate depression, does band help contribute to that? I think it both contributes and helps alleviate it. Because um, like you said, you, you have that, that 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 safe haven that you've grown so used to, so accustomed to over, over all these years, whether you spend four, five, six years at the university, that band hall is home. Like, you, you know, you can show up there at any time. It's going to be somebody that you can have a conversation with, somebody that you can you know, hang out with or just kind of talk about life with. Um, by the same token, once you graduate and you come back to a game or you come back to the band room, for the most part, it still feels the same. You know, there's still, it's still, there's still that safety there. You know, I can go to PV band room right now. I'm, I'm sure it looks totally different. But when I get there, you know, that's still my band hall. Yeah, still my band hall. And no, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying it ain't your band hall, but it, ooh, look different because it ain't I'm, even. I've, I've seen some pictures of oh, okay. it. Okay, like, yeah. Like y'all been getting busy, and, and 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 that's a beautiful thing because that's that's part of progress. Yeah, you want to come back and see things better than how you left it. Um, but no, I think I think I think it, it 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 does both because you get out in the world and the world ain't so warm. It's not it's not as uh, it's not as welcoming. There's not that you know. Those familiar, friendly faces. I mean, when I first, dude, I, I knew I was kind of growing up when I got out. You know, one of my uh, first jobs after college, like they, they, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm KK signing my alpha. So you know, I'm crossing the street where I worked in this capital that I couldn't stand while he was at PV. I mean, I couldn't stand this dude. I saw him in the same building. I'm like, damn, I don't like this dude. But we out in the real world now. You know, and amongst this 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 place out here, it's not someone with a familiar face, and at least I know where you kind of come from. So we ended up being like good friends after that. Just wow, and I, I mean, and I mean, I couldn't stand this dude, but um, like I really couldn't stand him. But um, <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us how much you couldn't stand him, bro. Couldn't stand this dude, but no, it's it's just that you know, it it it, it contributes and it helps alleviate that that post graduation, um you know, stress, depression, hangover. But I mean, you'll always have those memories and that's that's all you can really lean on sometimes. Okay. All right. Uh by the way, I just want to go ahead and say that I, I got it right now. I didn't mean for y'all I didn't know y'all could hear that. Thank you for, for letting me know you could hear, but I got it. I just came to dance for y'all. That's all. There you go, Mike. That's just for you. <laughs> Is that me? That don't matter. No, that's no, that's that's from that's from no, nah, that ain't that ain't that ain't that ain't true. That's the actual That's a shirt. I think it's I think it's I think it's already a shirt, so it's tight. I think it's already a shirt. That, but that that'd be a fire one too. It would That'd just have that's it. <laughs> Okay, I just came to one two for y'all. That's 
for y'all. It's, it's too late. It's already there. I just came to dance for y'all. That's all. I'm just telling you, Maya, uh, <laughs> because uh, I know that you had a lot to say about this this topic. Last time we talked about it, uh, postgraduate depression. Does bad health contribute to it? Uh, so I'm going to take a, a different aspect. I, I forget what I said the last time, but I have two sides to it, right? So I'm thinking of it in the matter of being added to my postgraduate depression because, one, I had made it to the top of the ranks or what considered to be the top, right? So I have made it to a particular threshold. Now you want me to go out in the world and be nobody or one of 50 million? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's hard on you. I've worked so hard to, to establish myself, to be able to make changes, to, to develop a legacy, to have been through three different band directors, to have you know, had these different transitions, been the only Fox that was there from Dr. Sherrod, Miss Danielle, and Miss Sean. Nobody, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and be able to successfully transition through all of those. That's a lot to take on to when now I'm going into the real world and I just, I don't know my right foot from my left. I don't know where I'm starting from. I don't even know who I am in this world. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where to start. So that 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 kind of added to my stress. But then on the flip side of it, it I, there was a re- certain relief, right? Because now I'm like, so I don't have to, if I want to walk around with basketball shorts on my head and I don't know, tube top on my kneecaps, I can do that. And nobody can judge me for it. Damn, I don't have to weigh in. I don't have to hear nobody's feedback, even though they're still going to say it, about me looking different or or, or dancing different. I don't have to to subject myself to all this animosity anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I ain't got to go to bed camp no more. Shit. (laughs) Say less. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there was two sides of it for me, but more so it was transitioning from being or feeling as if there was a big fish type of mentality now going back into being the smallest fish with no direction, the small fish in a big and a huge sea. And how am I supposed to navigate that purpose or what is my purpose? Okay. All right. Uh, Quan, postgraduate depression. Does band help contribute to that? Uh, for me, it it helped. I'm gonna tell you why. So I'll never forget. Um, my last homecoming of '09. I was like, man, because my mindset now is, uh, you about to graduate, bro. So, like, you got to prepare for you know your recitals, so forth and so on. And I said, I'll never forget after that homecoming, you know, uh, the box was playing outside. I had walked and I sat in the band hall and I just looked around and, uh, and I literally started crying. Cause I was like, this is like for us, 
there's there's no professional marching band. This is it. this is your highest pinnacle of 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 your experience of bandsmanship at this level. This is it. So honestly, I felt like real talk Jordan about to put up his shoes because I was like, this is it. This is the school that I wanted to attend. I march um, with pride and dignity and I held my section down. But like this, this, this season has passed and this is it. And uh, I just, I just looked, looked around and was like, this is my last homecoming. This is the last time I'm on this drum. This is the last time I'm marching with these individuals. This is the last time I'm marching with my crab brothers and sisters. And I knew it. So it was tough um, for me being a person from, you know, New Orleans and then I transitioned to a whole nother state and these people welcomed me into their family as well. And we became storm family. And all of a sudden it's like, we're still family, but the little brother is moving out the house. So it's another transition because the truth is when you first go to college, you hate it. But then all of a sudden those same places, and areas that frustrated you, you end up loving at the same time. You know, you know, we all have the financial aid stories, but we also have the financial aid stories of a testimony of that lady that did look out for you, that blessed you with that money, that found the money. Because, you know, all of a sudden, they, they find money for you. You know, baby, we found this money for you. Well, hallelujah, find me some more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always where what, what made you upset is also the things, honestly, that blessed you. We all had that Miss Pat that, you ain't got no points on your card. Go ahead, go in. And fed you anyway. So the same things that you end up hating is like you end up loving and making you who you are, that you're, you know, those stories that you never forget. Um, so it, it, it did hurt. And especially for me, now I'm graduating to become a band director myself. So I have a different pressure now because it's like, now I'm on the shoulders of these, these these men that I always looked up to. Can I uphold their same standard? How do I learn how to be a band director of my own? How do I how do I become my own band director? How do I keep their legacy alive too? Because the truth is, you look at your band directors as fathers. How can I uphold their standards and precepts too? Because of what they taught me. Because this is the George Edwards standard. This is the Gerald Anderson. This, this is the Michael Terragano standard. These are the people that inspired you to become who you are. How do, how do I still honor them, but still honestly honor myself as well? So I had a duality for myself um, after I graduated. And then being honest, I felt like I didn't know enough. So that was another aspect of pressure that I that I just felt um, once I uh, crossed those flagpoles, as we say, because you feel like you gotta honor all your teachers as well. The Dr. Cornelius, the Dr. Uh, the Dr. Taylor, the um, you know, all of those people that taught you well, the Prop Jones, you know, because you want to make them when, when you come back for homecoming. What's the first thing they always say? I want to see you doing better than what you left. How's everything going now? Are you progressing? Because you shouldn't have been at this institution for four or five years and then leave and be the same. That doesn't make sense. So uh, it, it had an aspect of, uh, you know, a, a pressure for me. And honestly, these recent years, I feel like I'm walking into my own while still honoring those men um, and previous band directors of mine as well. All right. Dope. Dope. Uh, Portia, you good? Am I good to talk? 
Yeah, I, I I didn't know if Quan was gonna keep talking until you settled in. I, you know, if he needed, he's good at pulling out two bags. So if we need him to go and get another bag, he can he can hold it down for you until you get settled. So uh, I mean, I'm almost home. I'm breaking all the speed laws to get there. Oh I'm lord! All right, don't let them um, know for police snitchy. Can y'all hear me clearly? Oh yeah, we got you. Okay, I think it depends on where you are in your journey. Um, I didn't. I stopped marching. Um, before I graduated. I marched 06, 07, and 08. Um, and I was there one more year. And I, I but I knew my journey was done. Um, I almost didn't march 08 um, because the Legion just started to change. And, you know, I was just interested in moving on and doing some things, some different things. And so um, in 08, I knew that was it. I said, after I came back, after, you know, I almost wasn't there, and said, this is it for me. And I was okay with that because that part of my life was over. I had done um, kind of what I had wanted to do. It actually happened faster than I expected. I went from rookie to section leader, and I was section leader for two years. And, you know, I had, you know, kind of stamped the LaPorsche Dorch era of the Silkettes, and I was ready to go ahead and do something else and give somebody else a turn. You know, I, I didn't want to be section leader three years, and Doc would have been okay with that. But, I, you know, I was ready to move on. So, um, it didn't contribute to anything, but I did take those tools, um, that I learned in the program, um, into my journey to becoming a Zeta, you know, and once I got out into the real world, but I guess it would be a different story if your journey ended and you weren't ready for it to end, or I had a transition period from being in the Legion to 09, I was just in school and, um, was traveling and did all kinds of stuff. So I guess I was, I, I didn't have to transition from being in the Legion or being in band to being out of Norfolk State at the same time. I did them at separate times so that, you know, it wasn't rough for me. You know, it was, I was okay with the decision not to come back. It was mine and mine alone. And I knew um, it was time for me to do other things. So it, it didn't, I, I guess it can for some, but that just wasn't my story. I was ready to be done. I was done. I enjoyed the mess out of fall, 09, because spring 10 was a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, fall 09, I went to every battle, game, saw other schools. I did a lot of stuff. was up and down the road. I don't know how I was broke. But um, I guess it depends on where you are in your journey. If you're ready to leave, not so much. But if you aren't ready to leave or it's a lot of transition at one time, I can see how that can be difficult. Yeah, I'm just going to say that you were lucky because uh, I was ready to leave. Doc wouldn't let me leave. And I still, you know, you know, Norfolk State is high as hell when it comes yeah. to that goddamn tuition. So, I, I, you know, I had to come back an extra year. And that was my yeah. re most rebellious year because I didn't want to be there. I knew I was done. Uh, and see, I knew how I would have been. And he was like, well, can you just come back and uh, just be in the section? I said, man, either I'm the head of this or I ain't in this. I, I don't know how people do that. You know, I think it's admirable. But either I'm the well, HNIC or I ain't in it. I ain't in it. Well, thank um, you for letting I, me know I was admirable because I said I didn't want to be. I Look, I I was assistant in 04. I was section leader in 05. I didn't want no more parts of it. I was done. And he said, come on back. I said, look. I'm going to cut you a deal. I come to practice on Tuesday and Thursday in the game. That's as much as I'm going to give you. And he honored that. I was like, I bet. So 
you know, but uh, I mean, like, I yeah. you, you got lucky. You was like, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I still had to march, but that was my Honda year too. So me. Eh. Yeah, yeah. I, I just um, and I mean, Nate, the girls begged me to come back. He begged. He called me the first day of band camp. Now, Posha is issue because he called me Posha. Posha, is you serious? You really Posture. not gonna show up today? Dr. Stanford, I'm in my bed. I'm not coming. You first of all, you've already picked section leaders, and I ain't one of them. So what are we doing? You sure? Yes, yeah, sir. I'm sure. So um, I just was ready to be done, and I had the luxury of saying that I was done. You know. And it just worked out that I was able to transition out of that. I had a blast. I don't know if I really had a chance to think about it because we did so much traveling and road running, Aaron and I did. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I, – I guess the experience made me better at life, but I didn't have to transition all, out of it all at one time because I was still at Northern State another year before um, – after I left the Legion, so – to me, it would depend on where you are in your journey, and my journey had ended. So yeah. Okay. Um, and 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 this is just kind of piggybacking off of this question here, and anybody can go for it. Is graduating a culture shock? Like, is it is and 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 I don't know how everybody experienced graduation, but I'm just saying in general, not band related, just graduating in general. Is it like a culture shock? Kind of similar to what Maya was saying. It's like Maya was like top dog and. You know, uh, she had people putting her putting her faces on her face on people's shirts, and you know she was she was top dog, and then she comes out and then she's the little fish in the big pond again. Is is it a culture shock to really navigate life in general just after graduating? Anybody can hit that. I, oh, oh, go ahead. I think so. Um, HBCUs are kind of their own little bubble, right? And it's comfortable. And it's what you know, and you've been there for four or five years. And so then you have to start over in some way, shape, or form. And then the other thing is that nine times. Well, you went out, Bush. Dang, we missed her. Smiths. Um, it just switched uh, over to my own Wi-Fi because I backed up to the garage. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it, it just, it is. It's, it is. It was for me. I can't speak for anybody else. I was like, oh, Lord, like, leaving the Legion didn't mess me up. But what I'm getting ready to do now, um, and my parents were wanting me to come back to Richmond, and I ain't really want to go back to Richmond. So, yeah, it was it was a culture shock for me. Um, I can't, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, where I wanted to be, and I just had to figure all that out really, really fast. Okay. Maya, what were you going to say? I agree with everything Portia said, for sure. Um, but to add to that, a little bit more, um, uh, how would I describe that? I guess my culture shock, well, it wasn't really shock, but my culture shock was truly the true, true definition of culture shock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I chose to go to an HBCU for a reason. You know, and so now it's more so, of course, I knew that the world itself, of course, is diverse-ish. <laughs> you know, depending on which which way you want to look at it. Uh, but it was more so like, shit, I got to go back to this, you know what I'm saying, to where me, who I am as an individual, the way God made me, ain't enough no more. And I just got, that's my, that's my norm again. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that. it was more so that, like, shit, here we go. Whereas being at PV, where the majority of everybody looks like you, and that is something that we hold ourselves proudly, is that we are all in this together, you know what I'm saying, doing exceptional things because of being black. Now, being black is one of my biggest <laughs> cons, you know what I'm saying? Like, who who wants to deal with that? So, I, I think I thought of it like that as well. Damn, I'm black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm always proud of my blackness, but it's like, shit. Now, I got to, I, I, know, I got to know, what what's it saying? You got to know twice as much to get half of, child, disgusting. I think I think for me though, after you leave college, you really gotta learn how to navigate through these streets as a black person. I think that's the biggest difference because everybody doesn't get our humor. Everybody doesn't get, you know, what's offensive. And even some people like what I realize is a lot of people just are uninformed. Black folks and black folks included, especially and then other uh other races, they just really don't know what's offensive. Like, they just think it's, like, normal. You know what I'm saying? And I think when when you get out in the real world and you see some of the jokes that, you know, other people do, you know, people asking to touch your hair or, you know, hey, I got a tan today. Look at, you know, look like, if you don't get the God, you don't get the hell out of my face. You know, like, and you always, as a black person, has to reserve yourself because people don't see what they did to you. They only see your reaction. And honestly, even at this age, I'm just starting to realize that, like, I have to calm myself down and be like, all right, if I react to this right now, they're not going to say, well, wh- well, why did Quan act like that? He usually never like that. They, they're not going to say that. They're going to say he popped off and that's the way he is. And he's being aggressive. And I have to watch myself around because I don't feel safe. And people turn the narrative like people don't see what them poking the bear. They just seen the bear maul you. You know, but, you know, it's. I think that's the culture shock. The things that our teachers were saying that we was going to run into, they start to hit you then once you, uh, um, you know, cross that stage. I think that's the difference. I feel like my experience was a little bit different. Um, as far as, is it, has it been a culture, a culture shock? Um, I, I, okay, I'm going to come back to that part of it. But graduating, going out into the real world, one of the first tasks that you face with being um, in this field, which is mental health, you know, you want to become licensed, so you take a test. You take your LPC exam or your NPC exam, whichever one you decide to take. Now, in that room, it's composed of people from everywhere. They could be from Rice. They could be from U of H, you know, PV, TSU, wherever. That test is the great equalizer. It don't matter where you come from. If you can pass that test, you pass it. If you can't, you can't. You know? So I passed mine the first time. My marketing folks from, from U of H and Rice with these billion dollar educations get turned around. So the the in that aspect, I feel like, you know, I was prepared for that. You know, I, I developed a certain vibrato while I was at Prairie View. And while, you know, just growing up, period. You know, a lot of folks would notice about me, Julian. You might not. I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a extremely uh, introverted and self conscious person. You probably never know that about me. When? I've always been that way. I've always been that way. I, I, everything that I've said, everything that I've done, I've thought about and replayed two and three times. 
before I've said it or before I've done it. I, I'm I'm sorry, brother. Mr. Hot Boy himself. I do not I I'm sorry. No, I don't agree with I don't that's that's the truth. That's the truth. You you that's why I say certain stresses are, are healthy. You know, you, you develop ways to kind of challenge yourself and put yourself out there and create who you need the world to see. So when you go out there and you are the youngest black man in the room or the only black man in the room because your mental health and is, is predominantly female or white, you know, you you have to kind of establish yourself quick. You can't be scared. You can't you can't be, you know, self-conscious. You can't your voice can't crack when you had a floor, when you when you're in rounds or when you, you know, you're giving your uh your 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 prognosis or your diagnosis of a client, your voice can't crack, you know. So when you come from Prairie View, you come from you know those sections, and you come from somebody who who deems himself one of the baddest motherfuckers on the yard. I'm not gonna change now. Now that I left the yard, I'm still that guy. I'm still him. And I'm just him somewhere else. You understand what I'm saying? So I think I was prepared for it coming from, you know, I wasn't a section leader, but I was a leader in a section. You know, I would I wasn't a, a, a an officer in the frat, but I was one of the guys in the frat. You know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shrink at this point. You know, like they say, you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it in PV, you can make it anywhere. You know, so when I got in the world, you know, of course you face certain challenges that are different. But when I realized that a lot of things that I was experiencing were not just different, they were discriminatory. I learned how to fight. That's what we don't do as black people. We don't fight. We just say, okay, this is just what the world is. This is just what, what happens here in corporate America. I can either deal with it or I can just let it go or I can just go home. Nah, you get tired of letting stuff go. You get tired of going home stressed and, and feeling like you, you're getting stepped on every day. I, I would I would advise you to learn how to fight. The fighting is therapeutic, honestly. From from my counselor's desk, uh, fighting is therapeutic. So you learn how to do that and handle it that way. And not just say that, you know, when I leave my HBCU or my small corner of the world, you know, that I got to accept the way they treat me. No, it ain't, it ain't that. You know, out there, you go out there and you carve out, you carve out and you make your space, you know, and you and you do it your own way. But you got to stand on that. Like, it's, 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 it's so easy to throw a punch. But go through a legal process. Actually, actually, actually retain a lawyer and sue somebody for discrimination. You you think you think fighting somebody gangster? Nah, <laughs> nah. How to fortitude to go through a legal process where they where they tear your character apart, and and ninety percent of it is lies. You know, so my my introduction to the my introduction to the world taught me to learn how to not only acknowledge and not flip out with people being dumb but make them pay for being stupid. You want to be stupid with me? Well, you, you better have a deep pocketbook because you're going to pay for it. You want to be dumb, you got to be if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. So we're going to see how tough them pockets are. So that's that's how it wasn't really a culture shock to me. You just learn how to how to navigate through it. Alright. Um, so first off, before we move on, um, I just find that very difficult to accept because y'all this is this is this is like growing up. So you know what I'm saying? So I knew this dude and for him to say that, it's kinda hard for me to believe that. Um 
you know, and I'm not I'm not gonna say his story is wrong and 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 his, his you know his personality is wrong. I just know the guy I always knew, and so to hear him say that, I just I can't believe that at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, after he's gone next week, I'll tell you uh, why all the stories about young young Deontay because you know old Deontay may be a little different but young Deontay was a whole different story I'm just I'm just gonna say that uh what you gonna say no you got it I ain't quite old yet first of all <laughs> older older there you go uh, but yeah man you 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 have to <laughs> my mama called him man kindly okay but no you you have to you know that's part of that's part of preparing yourself to fit into a transition until you can actually become that person you need to be, you know. And that's a skill that, like I said, a lot of these kids are not developing these days because they're so 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 afraid to be uncomfortable, you know. But with 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 that discomfort comes a lot of um a lot of growing. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, sorry about that. Like I said, my mama called. Got got to talk to my mama. All right, um, man, this has been a super dope episode or a super dope show. Uh, typically we have Justin in here. Justin ain't even came in. I'm Justin. You phoned me today because I meant to ask you something, but we'll talk about it later. Uh, if you ain't gonna come in today, but uh, and as soon as I say that, here you go. Five in his head. All right, let's let him in. <laughs> What's up, bro? What's good with y'all? Man, ain't nothing. I, I thought you was taking the night off tonight. Nah, man, I had a long weekend, man. I'm literally just shaking back to fly out again tomorrow. That's crazy. Hey, real quick, before you get into what you got to say, I need you to do me a favor. This is a personal favor. If you can't do it, I get it, but this is a per- personal favor. Can you do it? <laughs> that depends on what it is. Dang, you you beat me. You see, you figured it out. Right? This is what I need, man. Whenever you record the boom, can you have a camera just on J five? Just like, specifically yeah. on Get Ready. Here's here's you know no, you but let me let me no let me let me let me explain that. Let me explain why. Because. Daggone sets been doing the same daggone thing since the 90s, bro. Like, they, they moves ain't changed at all. J5 comes up with a new routine on Get Ready every year. And for some reason, every cameraman always goes to the sets. And I'm like, bro, it's the same moves. It's not changing. They not changing it. J5 is doing something different. Can we get a J5 camera? That's it. On everything else, you can do whatever you want to do. But on that... Can I get, I get that? Flag for for always having the camera on the J five, you know what I'm saying? Like, come to the come to the J sets and come to the band. But I definitely keep it on the uh, the J five. But I couldn't even make it to the uh, March in um, this this weekend because that game was like nothing. Something I had never seen before. Like the last, so that was my first one. Southern Heritage Classic between it raining and it being a million people at the damn game. I could I didn't make it into, into the games at halftime, so I would have caught them. But no, yeah, okay. But, Right. Yeah, it, just try. Don't worry about everybody else talking about the sets because it's like fifty other cameramen on the set. So we good. You just take one on J five, just for get ready. After that, we good. I don't care what you do after that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say shout out to Luke and before the, before the video come on. Appreciate you. I will take all the slack for that. It's okay. 
Yeah, that was cool. This this is a great topic, y'all. On this, I've been I've been over here thinking like Maya was thinking earlier. You you see your head going everywhere, like this whole mental health thing, man. I never thought about it because like I was I wasn't mean in a band, but I was I wasn't the nicest person. But I think it it came mostly down to I knew what my band already expected. You know what I'm saying? So if if they didn't get it right, I was gonna get it right. You know what I'm saying? Type type deal. So I never thought about. Like you know, what how much anxiety we we deal with, and a part of me in the back of me saying, "Man up, man up," you know what I'm saying? Hey, day, and then this 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 will make makes you great, you know what I'm saying? So I think that fine line, because we we always give this new generation flag about how weak they are, and sometimes they literally just be crabby, you know what I'm saying? They just they just never been through nothing, but I never thought about like, damn, well maybe I probably had some some mental uh mental health issues growing up. You know, especially when the band already be like, on oh, you play in front of the whole band, and you know you're supposed to know it, but you ain't know it. So I'm like, is it him picking on me, or is it me out there mental health and as an excuse right there? So I guess my question to y'all is, how do you understand in band, because band is some hard stuff, it's not easy, when you tread in that fine line, or when, or when the person is just being weak? Cause I I I'm the whole show I've been sitting up here trying to figure out like, dang, well shit, that don't sound like no mental. Maybe you should have practiced. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, like you know, you've been probably had a mean a mean dance captain, and she probably you know what I'm saying, like Maya was saying. You know what I'm saying? So I don't she said she was mean, but you know, it's just probably tough on her on her team. So I don't know. It's kind of hard with bands. So that's what I've been trying to figure out this whole show. Cause y'all been saying some good stuff and giving some good examples, but almost for all of them. I probably thought about a situation like uh, he just, he just talks, you know what I'm saying? He just ain't, ain't got no discipline. He just, you know, he, he don't use that as a crutch. So I don't know. That's my question. I know I say this a lot, <laughs> but y'all didn't know me back then. So me, the coordinator, it's like two different people. And so a lot of times that portion, when stuff happened, want to come out. And I'd be like, mm-mm, this ain't that band. Like, I'm going to give y'all an example. Yesterday, I got my section here, like, two people said they got homework to do. So do I. <laughs> and they was off Sunday and Saturday afternoon. So tell them to come here. So right then, if they had been in front of me, my response would have been different. But once they took, she went and got them and they came outside, I said, so did you just find out about the paper? She was like, no. I said, so why do you think you get to use my time during the game week to work on that? I'm going to leave here and do a couple hours of homework too. You understand? She walked away. I said, yeah, you. Now what's going on? What you got to do? Oh, I got a quiz. I said, did you just find out about it today? She said, no, but it just opened up today. I said, how many questions is it? She said, 40. I said, 40 questions in three hours after you get out of here at 9 o'clock is doable. Go get your flag. But that was me saying it nice. Because if I was sectioned, I would have been like, I don't give a shit what you got to do. It's a game week and it's practice. This is extracurricular. You came and found the Legion. We ain't come and find you. But I'm a coach now, so I don't, you know, I think about everything. And, you know, every day I just pray that I don't say the wrong thing. And, you know, now it's a thing where 
people, students, you know, get mad and lash out and start hollering. I ain't never had that happen to me. And I literally pray to Norfolk State every day that that don't happen. Because that person that was in the band with Julian and them, she's still in here. She just don't come out to play very often. And I don't want to get fired. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, so... It's a it's a fine line, Justin, and we just went through this whole mental health training and the fine line between what you intended and what people feel. And though you might not have intended to haze them, uh, glaze them, um, if they interpret it as you embarrassing them, then it can be it can be that. And I'm like, well, how in the, how in the world I'm supposed to do checkoffs? How? Because I'm I'm gonna call it out and. If I see something on the field and the band is outside practicing, I'm not sitting down taking notes to tell you later. If it's something I need you to fix, I'm a holler. Such and such, you did this wrong. Fix it next time. But you did everything else great. That's weird. No, I need you to fix this thing that you're doing. So I don't know. It's it's every day, Justin. I just pray that I don't say the wrong thing because I, I don't. This is not how I used to do band. And I am adjusting, but it's some things that I know that work. And so I don't know how to not embarrass you. Oh, you're doing it again. <laughs> I'm not even doing anything. <laughs> I don't know how to, you know, not embarrass people if I see something wrong on the field. I'm. I, I need to correct it. So I don't know. It, it's a, for me, it's a, every day is a new day. Think about it before you say it. It's almost like, cause you think about, it, I play football and I know just like, it's almost everything you can say. I have like mental anxiety. My coach, what's that? You know what I'm saying? Or like, I, he being mean to me. or like, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like you can really, you know, give so many excuses, you know what I'm saying? I guess, I don't know, I never really thought about, like, you know, I say I take people's feelings into considerations, and I just, I don't know, man, it's just it's a tough one, I guess trying to find out, like, you know, you don't want to, especially in this new generation, you don't want to, like, make anybody feel bad, but sometimes some stuff just be BS. Like how you say the girls with the paper, and they've been who had that, they, they had that paper, so when you get on them and, and, and embarrass them in front of the team or something, now it can cry, you know what I'm saying? She hurt my feelings and this, that, and the third, but when she all she really do is tell you was right. So, so, so for me, so can can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got you. I, so, so the difference is for me when you set standards and certain systems in place that you're that you're like that across the board with everybody, then it's not. It, 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 there's no justification for hazing or favoritism or glazing or, ha- or favoritism. Like, for example, if you have a, like, prime example, like in middle school, high school, they have chair tests. So you telling me a chair test is anxiety? Well, it may be if you didn't practice. But my, my thing is this. It's one aspect to have grace, but you can't panic and cry every Friday. Nah, because maybe it's not for you at that point. And that's the fine line because I got to, like Portia said, do these checkoffs. So you know every Friday you have this test. So you need to prepare for it Monday through Thursday because you know it's going to be Friday. And I think once you start doing that and you tell kids up front what the deal is, like either you're going to fold or you're going to rise to the occasion. And most when you're consistent, 
and honestly, you develop that relationship and rapport with those students, they realize, yeah, bro, like every Friday we're going to get this chair test. So I cried one, one Friday. He let me make it, but it's still going to be here. So I might as well get it over with. And that's, that's how I honestly get away with some of the things. I, I'm not going to say get away, but that's the standard that I've set. You're going to have a test, a chair test every Friday. So all that crying and hooping and hollering, what you're going to do is, is, is for not, you're still going to do it. So you're going to do it now or later, but you're going to do it. Let, let, me, let, let me say this, man. Uh, a good therapist is not going to validate that, that, that because you were unprepared and you were called to perform and you failed. We're not going to put that that blame or that onus on the person that you failed in front of. The onus is on you. Like the the, the therapeutic process is a whole lot more. That's why you know it. it the mental health is getting watered down. Um, it's getting watered down. It's becoming very very ineffective. I'm so glad you said that. I want to pay you to come to Norfolk to say it. This coming from somebody who goes to a therapist once a week. Let me tell you something. This is getting, they playing in our face. That's what they doing. Everything is mental health now. It's it's becoming, it's becoming, it's it's so trendy. It's becoming just honestly just just trash right now. And uh, it's, 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 it's going to continue to be uh, a, a hot button topic because it's, it's still fairly new and a lot of folks are being able to use it to monetize it. Um, like I'll, I'll tell anybody who's starting therapy, if your therapist has never pissed you off and made you want to walk out, that ain't the right therapist for you. It is taking your money. Like your therapist is going to piss you off because they, they want to make sure that you're being honest with yourself. Like, so for a student to say, you know, I was called to play and I wasn't ready. And that was, you know, anxiety inducing for me. no, when you didn't practice and you showed up, that's when your anxiety started. Not when they asked you to play because you knew you had to do it anyway. You didn't prepare for it. Now, if you had played and done well, you'd have this rush of wonderful, awesome feelings inside of you. You'd be feeling, you'd be on top of the world if you prepared for it, but you chose not to. So it's all in that person's preparation and how how, how accountable they want to help. And one 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 other term I gotta say is that I des- I despise with every being of my soul, that your truth thing. There is no such thing as your truth or their truth or no. There's only the truth. Your truth is a delusion. Okay, that's you being delusional. <laughs> Why are you going off for your truth? There's no such thing as that. Okay, things happen only one way. And whether you want to be honest about it and, and, and recount the way it happened, that's on you. But it didn't happen a, a thousand different ways, and one of them being the one that benefits you. No, it. it so it does and I, hold on, Justin. Let me just say this. I think, and as somebody who's coaching in college right now, that's the biggest thing that I see. You're saying no therapist is going to validate that, but there's no ther- therapist involved in these conversations. What happens is there's a situation that happens. A student becomes overwhelmed, or they're held accountable. Or, or called out for something they were supposed to have done and not and didn't do it, and they say, I have mental health issues, and because it's such a movement now, everybody is taking that at face value, and you can't diagnose yourself. I'm sorry, that's not how this works. I don't understand, and I just really think now because they know that it's something that is, people are hypersensitive to, that people are paying more attention to, 
that is getting more validation in our in higher education, at least from what I see, that that's their go-to. I couldn't do this because of this. And if I say these key phrases or blame it on mental health, you can no longer hold me accountable. I totally agree with you. I I, I do not discuss symptoms with um, with children. Because all you're doing is telling them what they can get away with. So I never I never do that with anybody that that's a young person because they, they're gonna use their advantage, like you just said. But no, it's 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 losing a lot of its um effectiveness. Because the truth of it is it is a real thing. You like it is something a lot of people really are really are suffering with. And I'm not gonna change it. I've been called every mean name you could think of, but they keep coming back. And I'm not gonna change the kind of therapist I am because I didn't stroke your ego and make you feel good today. If you came in and we had uh, uh, something for you to work on last week and you didn't do it, I'm going to let you know that. If I feel like you're being manipulative and blaming somebody else and you're full of shit, I'm going to tell you you are full of shit. Straight like that. So if you don't like it, I mean, you can you can, you can can push on. But So you know, is, it a matter, is it a matter of you, because uh, you said something earlier, when you said, like, the, I guess the assignment being, or, or practicing, I guess, should the should the anxiety come between the time of them getting ready to practice for this performance? Like, I guess so. If I'm saying, like, if I got a performance coming up next week, and I, I'm 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 practicing. Should it come between the time of me practicing and me being so scared that I'm gonna fail, versus as if I fail and then it comes after I get reprimanded, I, I get told with myself. When I felt anxiety, is when I wasn't ready for something. When I put in a proper preparation for it, when I when I practiced and was 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 ready for it, I wasn't nervous. Of course, you're gonna be like, okay, I gotta get. You know, I'm 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 hyper aware. I'm hypersensitive to what I have to do with the task is at hand. But it's not the same as being anxious. Butterflies in your stomach is not anxiety. Just because I got nervous because you know something in my way, that's not anxiety. Anxiety is for an extended period of time. That's not. Panic attacks, anxiety, all those things, depression, they're not something that happens to you when something bad happens. Or they, they, they don't just happen and go away that easily. These are sustained things that people are dealing with on almost like a daily basis. Like true depression will keep you in bed for weeks. You know, that that will have you like, it's, it's a really dark place. It's not just, I'm sad today. You know, if you're having a bad day and you go have your favorite meal and you feel better, or I'm having a bad day, I go see a movie and I feel better, you weren't depressed. You were having a bad day. You see what I'm saying? So to go back to your question, the person that prepares for it and 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 is ready to perform because you know you got to do it as part of being a part of the program. That's what you signed up for. So that anxiety may not show up for them at all because they're ready. Yeah, I, I said it's a fine line because I'm glad I'm glad the therapist said it's getting watered down because it, when I be seeing like like Deontay speaking speaking facts in his damn comments, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like everything being blamed on 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 us uh, on on um, mental illness and and what, what irks my soul is it always everybody want to raise the eyebrow or, 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 or say stuff when somebody like has has a suicide like a what good like. I use an example. Like you know what I'm saying, it's always 
check on your uh check on your uh your your stones, man. You know what I'm saying? Folks like they go flying everywhere, you know what I'm saying? So it's a matter of like, dang, y'all only talk about it when when something like this happened or like a suicide attempt. Or then it then it is starting to become so like prevalent to like it's a matter of like, dang, was this person going through so much like that they took their life because of what they was going through? Or like can it be a case of I decided sensitive to anyone who took took their life or like Maybe they probably did something so wrong and they couldn't, like, you know, stomach that in the only, the only way they knew. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Is, is that is a fine line sometimes in suicide cases? You know what I'm saying? I'm just asking a question. You know what I'm saying? Suicide. What's su- oh, the echo? Uh, suicide is different. For a person to have those, like, to be, like, truly suicidal, there, there has to be the presence of uh, hopelessness, helplessness, and worthlessness. You know, we have we have several different layers of being suicidal. There's suicidal ideation. There's suicidal with the plan. There's suicidal with the plan and the means. There's suicidal with plans, means, and timeline. Like, we have all those things we consider before we say somebody is truly suicidal and admit them to a hospital. Like, some folks, and, and I hate to say it, and I've always hated to say it, but they just search for attention. Um, and a lot of folks, uh, I hope y'all don't, yeah, I mean, okay, come for me, I'm here. But um, a lot of folks just really be on some 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 pity parties, some woe is me, notice me, like feel bad for me type stuff. There's a premium on pain these days. Like I, I had a person tell me straight up, you're not supposed to tell me not to want to kill myself in a hospital. And I was like, but wait, I work here as a therapist I'm providing therapy for you. This is a teenager. I'm providing therapy for, for you. You came in here because you had a suicide attempt, not even not even ideation. You got scars on your on your wrist. And they're the right way. They're not like this. They're like this. But you mean to tell me that I can't tell you to not kill yourself? That's that's what somebody's made you believe was okay? Nah, that that ain't this ain't that. So it's 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 grown legs and run off in the, in the wrong direction if you ask me honestly um and a lot of therapists uh that work in mental health we we are tired as shit right now because we a big part of what we do is debunk what everybody think it is more so than we do actually providing services to help people you know and then you got folks that want to come in and go to go to a session one time because it's trendy and they never show up again and say therapy didn't work for them no, you didn't work therapy. Not that it didn't work for you. You didn't work it. So it's just a lot of battles we fight, man. You got a hard job, my guy. I ain't, I ain't ever think about the, the fact of, like, if I'm going to a therapist, it's not their job to, like, you know, save me. It's my job to almost save myself with the assistant. That's that's exactly, that is exactly how it's supposed to go. Like somebody, they'll, they'll come in and ask me, what should I do? But I never tell a person what to do. I never tell them what decision to make. I help them come to the conclusion by considering every fact involved. But I never tell them, because the first thing I'm going to do is say, well, Mr. Mr. Bruce, I told me to do this, and I did it, and it worked out bad for me. Nah, you're not blaming me for your, for your screw-ups. You know? And then the flip side of that is like we hear the darkest, the darkest that people have to offer. You know, we deal with that. You know, so when we go home, it's just like, damn, they got my little boy. He's smiling, but like, I don't have the energy to smile back. 
because somebody came in my office with a with a boatload of bullshit and didn't feel like really doing no work about it. I just want somebody to to to, to put it on and, and go home. But they're gonna they're gonna miss the next session though. They're gonna miss the next week. Because they're gonna wanna go, they're gonna be feeling a little bit better. And I gonna want to come to therapy next week. That, that, that inconsistency that keep you starting over time and time and time again. You wasting my time. Because That's you can be better by now. Is is it a norm that 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 therapists need therapists? Hell yeah. Okay, cool. I never. I'm, I'm, Absol- I'm Absolutely. One of the biggest things that I do now, I I walk, I walk a mile every day, and I write. I've written a couple of books and I've written, um, it's like a self-help thing called Depression's Ladder. And I'll probably put it out this month because it's like a suicide prevention month or something like that. So I probably put it, I didn't know what to do with it. So I probably put it out this month, but I write a lot because, you know, that stuff inside, you know, will eat you alive. it'll, It'll really do damage to you. Mental and physical, emotional. You won't, you won't know how to relate to people on a regular basis. Like it'll, it'll do some real damage to you if you keep it inside and don't, don't process it. You know, so, I mean, like I say, a lot of folks during this time with so much going on, you know, people in mental health, we're not immune to that. Like, we feel all this. We feel all this pain from the world than yours. So. Look, this is a deep episode, right? I'm I'm learning at the same time. I see it all the time, and I don't be knowing what to call BS, but, like, to hear that from y'all, like, y'all know that I guess I ain't the only person saying, like, Everybody's saying this all of a sudden now, but everybody, some people just, like you said, some people just want attention, and it's bad because you got people out there who really and truly need help. You know what I'm saying? This is everybody making the popular thing to do now. Those same people may be like, I'm not going to talk to them because when action truly, it, uh, that's, yeah, I'm, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm not, I yeah, man. But uh, on a brighter note, um, Luke, uh, everything was great this weekend. You know what I'm saying? I hope you watched the band battles. You know what I'm saying? Versus Jackson State was cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, Portia, y'all have a, a big game this weekend. You know, I'm, I just may come. I don't know what I'm doing Saturday. That's the battle of the band. Man, go ahead and go up there. Don't be phony. I'm, Come right. on in the room because it's been some chit chat on that little on Beyonce's internet. Hey, we, 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 so, hey, I brought it up earlier. I want to talk about it, but I want to get through this first before we talk okay. about it because I, I wanted to see what you had to say about it. But but yeah, go ahead. What, 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 what was being said? I said we're going to talk about it later. Just, okay, I already said Just, oh, uh, just hang know, out. Yeah, just Let's get past Let's get past the, the, the actual topic at hand and then we'll okay. circle back around. We'll circle back around. Uh, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Justin, you just stay. You don't move. All right, there you go. Gotcha. All right. Uh, we don't got anybody else, man, down there as a guest, man. So uh, I want to go ahead and, and get ready to close out. But uh, before we go, before we close out, um, I do want to say uh, thank you to my brother. And he and, and 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 real talk, he is my brother, man. Like like I said, I've known this guy since I didn't have a deep voice. Uh, so in real life, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but I, I appreciate him for for coming through and and just you know hanging out with us and and dropping knowledge, man. Um, you know it's it's super dope to to see where he is now, um, knowing where where we were back in, when we were some young whippersnappers. Uh, so, bro, real quick, uh, you know, give them give them all your stuff where they can find you. You know, 
if brothers or anybody needs any help, any information you want to give, this is your time to shine, bro. Right on. Um, first, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Y'all got y'all got a great panel, man. Y'all doing some great things. Uh, knowledgeable, informative, and, and and positive conversation. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Deontay Broussard, uh, Deontology. My my new LLC is Get Literature. It's a uh, focused only on writing and to support my first book, which is The Me I Want to Be, which is available on Amazon. Uh, that's for children. And also The Counselor, which is also on Amazon. That's a murder mystery book that I wrote, which was actually uh, therapy for me, was writing that book. Like I set up when I was working in a jail and wrote an entire novel, an entire book. So um, that's that's been a huge outlet for me. So, I mean, um, I'm, I'm also on Psychology Today. If somebody's looking for uh, a, um, a therapist, somebody to talk to, they won't go back and tell all your business, all your friends, stuff like that. That's what a therapy is. So go get you one. Um, other than that, man, like I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, uh, little fella. Um, you didn't got a beard and gray. I'm, I'm you... almost 40, man. Come on. Can like, I, I still got to be little fella? Come on, man. You little dude with the khaki pants and the Adidas maroon and gold sweatsuit jacket carrying a horn case trying to trying to follow behind Paxton. Hey man, don't be putting all the business out there, man. You know that's, that's, we was that's we, we was all we was all young peons at one point, you know. Hey, so I love it though. I love it. I mean it's a pleasure to meet all of y'all. Um I've been seeing you I've seen you a lot of your videos too, Mr. Smash Time man. You, you you're doing your thing too. Um, I try, I try. Appreciate Miss uh, Maya, hope to see you at homecoming. And uh, if, I ever, if I'm ever in Norfolk, Miss Portia, uh, you know, I might I might pull up on y'all. He ain't going to Norfolk. I see you at homecoming as well, man. He ain't going to Norfolk. Yeah. I tell you that right now. He ain't going. I know. I'm, he I'm ain't said foot. It, it just sound it sound good. To say, right, you know, but like, I can tell you right now that man they said foots in Virginia. <laughs> I can tell you right now. I plan on coming back to Texas. I don't know when, but I'll be back. Come to people. Come to homecoming. I can't. We got a game. It's not a damn that game. <laughs> That's rude. Y'all trying to get me fired. You'll be all right. But like I said, man, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. I come back anytime y'all want to have me, man. I appreciate it. I had a good time. Definitely, one hundred percent, man. I, I and you know I appreciate you, bro. You know, uh, I I do this quite often, man. When when people get on that 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 have made impacts in my life, man. I always got to be honest, man. I love you, brother. Um, you know, uh, you and Larry have, have always been part of part of my life. And, you know, I always talk about Larry because I remember Larry when he was little dude at uh, playing drums that got that on, uh, what was it, Brygate, Ridgegate, whatever. It's one of the gates. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, y'all family has been in there. And uh, let me let me say this because I want to I want to say it right. Tell Deontay I said, hey, and tell Don I said, hello. That was from my wife. So, oh, right, right. <laughs> so, so, so I, I say hello back. I, I definitely well, she watching right now, so I, I had to make sure I, I posted. Hello I, back, I, hello I back, Miss Luke. Uh, but yeah, man. So this has been great. Um, before we get out of here, I want to be able to do this real quick because I said I was going to circle back around, and then after that, we're going to do our final closeout, and then we're going to be done. Portia, go ahead and speak your knowledge or, or whatever you want to say about them phony drum. I mean, I'm sorry about those Hampton drum majors that so felt know, the need to say what they needed to say. 
us people over here buying our own little business. We preparing for this here game. And, you know, a post went up and the Legion said, you know, ain't no time for chit chat. See you on the field. So I was like, well, I wonder why they posting that. But it didn't matter. I just reposted it because I thought it was a cute little thing. So I was sitting in my car on Monday at practice waiting on them to get back from dinner break. And I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And, and our Legion brother, Bodacious Nick, has band raw. So I saw his post. So I always try to, you know, when I see the stuff, click on it. I clicked on it, and he's interviewing Hampton Drum Majors. Okay, you know, that's cool. And so the first one says, you know, the Legion, they're a decent program, or they're a something program, but we the standard. And, yeah, we Hampton, we the standard, so I hope they ready. Okay, you know, pop your, you know. I'm, I'm trying to give up cursing, y'all. <laughs> Pray for me. I'm praying um, for you on that one. Yes, it's serious. So then, and I had to smack my teeth because that's how I felt when I had heard it. Then the next one introduced himself and says, I hope, what do you say, behold the green and mold? Yeah, behold the green and mold. Behold the green and mold. <laughs> I sent Julie in the video, and he was like, um, I hope they got their stuff together. The force is coming full force. And what do you say? Uh, I hope they got it together, because if they feel show ain't tight, they're going to get embarrassed. And I just could not believe the unmitigated gall of that whole post. I was just, that from this year or last year? This that was like a couple week. days ago. <laughs> that, that was oh, quite recent. I, I know that he interviewed him last year, but they didn't talk this morning. But yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm keep talking. I'm, I'm about to put a look, pull it up in a couple of seconds. Oh, I just don't have. I just was beside myself because why are you doing all of that? We just over here minding our little business. We don't need to drop no little diss. We don't need to interview and say nothing about your school. Why you worry about us? Yeah, play that. Play it here. Hold up. We're Hampton. We're the standard of excellence. So they're... <laughs> yeah. Hey, that green and more class guy. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, how they coming? Oh, what's y'all gonna take that? Listen. Hampton ain't been a problem since the early 90s. Early 90s. And maybe even before that. Because I wasn't, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't worried about nobody's Hampton when I was at Willery. So. Justin, if you're looking for something to do, come on in the room. Because, baby, yeah. 
Oh, hey. I got to be in Oklahoma the next day. Do like, you know I knew your daddy when he was backstabbing? <laughs> no, yeah. So that's been all over the internet. And I don't know, probably not down there, but up here, it's been going viral. That was actually, he did the interview straight through. He interviewed the dancers and them. But that's a guy that's MD that added that who and all of that stuff in there because. Do um, I beg so, your pardon? I, love it. I think that they what they've done is kind of interesting because now more people than we're gonna come are coming to this game and it's gonna be an interesting day. Yeah. So I, I, I just wanted to make sure that I, I let Portia get all of the all of that stuff that she needed to get out because uh that there I don't know why you would shoot yourself in the foot. You know, I, I just, you got to start screening these people before they start saying whatever they want to say. Cause no, it is fine. It is fine. And then see, I, I'm a, you know, cause I still got to go to work. I just want, if you're going to say that, say it with your chest. Don't sound timid. Say it with your chest. You just said it now. Go ahead. Put, go ahead. Put some bass in it. Yeah. Oh, the that, game is at Norfolk state. It's at Norfolk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Show this. Damn, that's yeah. Crazy. So he him. So, so Justin, you got to get there now, bro. You got to get there now. Got to. <sighs> this fights, man. This All right. Uh, I like I said, I want to make sure I got that out before uh we closed out. So I just came to dance for y'all. That's all. Maya, any <laughs> final thoughts? Anything, <laughs> anything you got for the culture? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, amazing show as always. Um, I don't know. I like to see where else this conversation can take us. Oh, there's something stuck in my eye. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have anything. Golly, man. What? I'm sorry. I said it for you. There you go. I'll do it one more time. I just came to dance for y'all. That's all. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? If you stay there, anything you got for the culture? Is he, is he talking? He think he think he is. <laughs> he was giving another. He was giving another soliloquy, and he just and we ain't getting nothing. He ain't that raising Kane's line. Nah, he ain't the He ain't get. He ain't. He ain't got the butter on both sides. He he getting that bob. Nah, he done. Uh, he said he don't get that no more. All that he just get the Mrs. Dash Daddy. Well, while we trying to wait for for uh, Quan Justin, I know you just got in here and you was just a guest daddy, but. Any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture, bro? Uh, this was a great show. You know what I'm saying? Deontay did his uh his thing on the you know uh, giving a real life you know example and saying some real stuff about the whole mental health that a lot of people probably was thinking and just scared to say you know. Um, but yeah, man, it was a, a great week for band. Uh, the class was good. When you get a chance, check out uh Tennessee State playing Batman theme song. Actually, the the guy who uh, who composed it. He, he retweeted and it went crazy on Twitter. So who, Danny Elfman? Uh, which which uh, Batman theme? It's it's because but a new one, the new um the new Batman that just came out with this like oh okay I know you talking okay yeah um they reposted it's going crazy on uh, on uh, Twitter got a dude name right here his name is Michael Antonio he he wrote yeah. it so yeah uh but yeah man like I said uh, Tennessee State. Versus Adam and them Friday. 
and uh, there's a lot of battles going on Saturday, Southern versus Texas Southern. That's what I that is this weekend. Up. Yeah, I know. Okay. And you got y'all versus you know. Where's that at? Southern and TSU. Is that is in Dallas at the um? The that big, no, what the baseball stadium is? Um, in Dallas, the Ranger Stadium, and uh. Kincaid, right? Arlington, yeah. Arlington. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, they got um, UAPB versus Langston. So that's all I need to see if I can get from Virginia there. I got to be that Sunday. So we'll see. But I definitely want to come see what this green and mullet talking about. <laughs> all right, Justin. Justin, you, you family, but all right now, you, 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 you hey, treading hey, with. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a fan <laughs> of. Somebody who can talk this shit. I didn't want to see nigga back it up. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I ain't see y'all in person. That would be a great way to see nope. y'all angry. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be dope right there. So, nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, nope. man, but that's it. <laughs> I'm like that. Uh, yeah, gone. I All guess. Right, I'm gone, man. All right, bro. Uh, yeah. Lameek, I know you asked about it earlier. I have some old Willow Ridge videos, but I haven't been able to convert them and upload them yet and then i got a partner of mine uh b Diggs. he used to record a lot of a lot of stuff from back in the day uh but i don't i don't you know i don't know if he still has that stuff though but i i do have some some old red stuff so uh you uh okay i'll see what i can do i gotta i gotta go through the the closet and try to see what i can do for you all right, uh, Portia, any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture? I'm so sad that I was late to this episode. I really was trying to get here because I, I really wanted to discuss this, but everything that could go wrong went wrong today. But um, I'm going to go back and listen because this is something like I, I go to therapy. I don't have any qualms about that. Um, I think if you need that, go get that. But I, it's not a reason or an excuse to not be accountable in your life. Um, and I just, I think if we had an additional conversation, my ask would be, how do we become a part of the solution? Because this thing is taking off like a freight train and we can't stop. And I mean, it's really becoming a threat to the, to me, to the development of these people to be able to make it in the real world, because you're going to get critiqued. I have reviews at work. Things are going to happen that are not going to always be warm and fuzzy. And I think most of what I see is they don't have coping skills. They don't know how to handle things. So, you know, they categorize it as this instead of trying to figure out how to better navigate life. So I am glad we did this. I hope we can expand upon it um, because there has got to be a better way than what we're seeing now. Yeah. I, I, and, and I don't disagree. Um, you know, I, I know that when we, and, and I, I know Quan probably remembers, but um, when, when we would have the um, dang, I forgot the name of the daggone thing that we would do, but we had a mental health episode on it as well. Secondary sessions. And it, and, and it was a lot of informative information on there. So I think it's necessary that we do have these conversations and, and I'm going to make sure that we put, you know, these conversations in um, the talk every now and then just to make sure that we are all abreast and, and, and are open to, to have these conversations when necessary. 
Uh, Deontay, bro, any any final thoughts? I know you kind of gave your final thoughts already, but but anything else, anything you got for the culture before you before we all tip out of here? It's been a pleasure. And that was short and to the point. Uh, so a couple of things before I get out of here. Um, first things first, tomorrow, 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 you already know what it is. We got the feature tomorrow, so please make sure that you guys are ready to check them out. Bright and late at 7.15 p.m. Yeah, uh, bright and late. Hey, do we need to push it back a little bit later so, Portia, you can make it on time? I was about that. I was going to say that because that's my final checkoff, um, which I'm going to think about my words. Um, before that, yes, please, okay. a little bit um, for me. Okay, cool beans. Well, it works. Oh, we can talk about that after all. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all divvy that up and figure that out and just let me know um, so I can have it set up. And then also we have to make sure that y'all know that uh, Dive Related Band Director is on Sunday. So please make sure y'all check that out as well. But we have something else coming up that on Sunday, Sunday morning. Make sure that you stop in here and get right here at the Passioners Network because we have a new show that's coming out called Band and Breakfast. So you want to make sure you check that out too. Yeah, everybody's looking like, what, what? Yes, we got somebody new who is part of this Passion Is family, the Passion Is Network family. So I'm I'm really, really glad to to bring them in. And this is going to be super dope. I can't wait to see what's going down and, and how this all unfolds. So Bannon Breakfast in the early morning on Sunday. And then the afternoon, you have Dire of a Lady Band Director. Uh, also, please make sure, hey, I just got word from somebody, a very, very good source uh that there possibly may be a, a new shirt new merchandise that may be made so check the store very soon uh dot com. uh remember you can type in hbcu band and get 30 percent off your purchase also please make sure you check out the patreon you can join us here every wednesday 7 15 p.m man this has been a great episode i cannot wait to come back next wednesday uh at 6 a.m. Eastern? No. Central. Well, I didn't give it I didn't give a time, just in the a.m. It's gonna be before it's gonna be before 10 o'clock though. So but yeah, because we, we're working out final time. But just make sure you if, you if you subscribe to the network, turn on notifications so that way it'll just pop up for you. There you go. All right. Other than that, man, I ain't got nothing else. This has been a great episode, man. I know it's time for everybody to go to bed and get some sleep. So, man, I will holler at you guys. You guys have a great, great day. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.